For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. And they said it was great for longevity. So 100 years from now, scientists may discover some new enzyme or something in the plant that retards aging and then confirms what the ancients knew all along. So motherwort became real popular in the 16th century when it was used to heal livestock. British herbalists would give cattle motherwort as a remedy for various diseases. Later, Nicholas Culpepper discovered it was an excellent herb for heart conditions. It removed trembling of the heart or the fluttering, and it also soothes muscles and calms spasms, while it also stimulates the uterus. Therefore, you don't want to use it if you're expecting a child because you don't want to stimulate um, you know, the uterus to deliver a baby prematurely. Now, common name motherwort was given to the plant. Um, motherwort um, tends to remove tension from muscles, helps people relax and sleep better. Um, it's also used as an antidepressant, but by the 19th century, American colonists were using it for, as a type of tranquilizer uh, to help during female birth issues. So, you know, it helped relax the uterine muscle the baby can, she could push and not strain. So motherwort's very good um, for things like that, uh, AFib. Um, it's great for, for stuff like fluttering and if you don't want to take any of those other drugs for that. Also, I like to use hawthorn berries as um, a way to keep the blood platelets from sticking together because hawthorn helps regulate the fibrinogen protein in the blood. So if you get your fibrinogen protein off, it turns to fibrin, and then what happens is all these red blood cells start to clump together and causing clots. So a natural alternative to the medications for as blood thinners and so forth would be your hawthorn berry. And they actually have done scientific research on hawthorn berry and um, it has performed just as well or even better than the prescription medicines without the risk of uh, side effects. Now, scientists don't think that much about motherwort. Um, the ancients who used it for heart aid typically were right because one study out of China showed motherwort helps relax heart cells, relaxes the heart cells, prevents blood clots, and prevents the triggering of heart attacks. Russian researchers also found motherwort contains compounds that reduce blood pressure. The German E-Commission, which is the equivalent of the FDA here in the U.S., it approves of the use of motherwort for the treatment of cardiac disorders. They also discovered that motherwort offers a mild sedative action and is effective in relieving insomnia and anxiety. So motherwort contains these compounds that work to stimulate uterine muscles. But The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
you've just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants and you were really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Hello, I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down, and it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that's floor of Houston Petfloor.com. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day. One question, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness you may have grown comfortable with. 
It's time for the Texas Perspective on current news and events. This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. Well, we're going to get on with it. The Doc Green Show is live and on the air. Yes, indeed. Glad to have you all with us today. It is a Friday, and uh, the Doc is uh, not by himself today. We have help. We have uh, Joe Lawrence. Hey, Doc, how you doing? How you doing, America? Doing pretty good. Joe Lawrence uh, is a Texan by way of New York, sort of. But uh, nonetheless, we're glad that he's here today. Uh, You may have heard him on Doc Krupa's show on uh, Republic Broadcasting and on American Voice Radio. So we're having fun. Now, I apologize for the video stream once again. Uh, Comcast has utterly failed. We've been having this video stream problem for four days. I called it in 72 hours ago. I I just gave them 24 hours, assumed they'd fix their own product, but uh, it did not happen. So I called them again uh, today, and they assured me they'd have it fixed by the end of the show. That's what I pay 200 bucks a month for with Comcast, guys. That ain't right, Doug. That ain't right. It, it ain't right at all. And nonetheless, so Comcast, I just want you to be aware. The problem with it is there are really no good options. You would think in this day and age, with all the technology we have, that there would be a solid, reliable streaming service that you could pay for. And, you know, if a guy didn't mind shelling out a couple of hundred bucks a month, he could get, you know, some quality service. Right. Uh so, uh, but apparently, two hundred bucks a month is not enough. Uh, they they did hit me up and say, you know, you need to spend more money because we have a better fiber service that, that will get you even better service. Uh, but it's going to be more than two hundred bucks a month. And I'm sitting there looking at the amount of advertising dollars we have coming in here to, on the show, and I'm thinking, man, you know, two hundred bucks a month is kind of my max. I really don't want to spend more than that. So uh, we're going to see what happens with that. Meanwhile, if you are tired of being abused by watching the stream, uh, I encourage you to go to American Voice Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and I'm typing it in here in the chat room for the people that are on there. They even have a live uh, call-in number, don't they, Doc? They do. The live call-in number, if you want to be on the show today, is 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. And, of course, we'd love to have you on the show today because it's Freedom Friday. And on Freedom Friday, well, we pretty much just have a good time around here. That's, that's typically what we do. I'll drink to that. So, uh, And he is drinking to that, indeed. He's got his uh, hot cup of coffee there. Mm-mm. So uh, probably Paul Newman's. I don't know. That's that's what we've been drinking a lot of lately. Paul Newman's. Ah, may so, he rest in peace. I know he's a big. Uh, I know he's a big lib, but or was, but nonetheless, uh, I prefer to say Starbucks. So any day of the week. <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah. So uh, we got that going for us on the Doc Green Show. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Oh, yeah. I feel it. On the Doc Green Show on AmericaVoiceRadio.com. 
see Rodney in the chat room from Las Vegas. We got Texas Concealed Gun Owner in there. Always glad to have him. Matthew Carlson's going to be in at some point in time. So anyway, if you're in the chat room, that's great. We uh, we monitor that. But if you want better sound today, because Comcast has utterly failed, we encourage you to just go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and download the stream there because it's free. It's high speed, and uh, you'll like it. So... Anyway, the Doc Green Show is live and on the air. Now, I called out to Sarah Davis. Uh, Joe, I called Sarah Davis, and I said, Sarah Davis, you know, you're a state rep, and you're right here in my hometown of Houston. Uh, you live in the River Oak section because she's very wealthy. She's Ooh, a big-time lawyer down down here. And I said, uh, I said, Laura, I mean, excuse me, I said, Sarah Davis, I said, would you just come on because I want to talk to you about this uh, HPV vaccination that you want all of our young girls to have. Mm-hmm. Sarah Davis believes that all of our young girls are just having sex without limits, and therefore they should get the HPV virus or uh, protection to help them. But the problem that she doesn't address is the fact that the virus has a lot of side effects. Mm-hmm. And consequently, a lot of young girls that are taking it have ended up being hospitalized, things like that. But Sarah Davis wants every young girl to have that experience so that they can just start having sex willy-nilly as soon as they're 11. Mm. So Sarah Davis uh, has been uh, challenged by some of the vaccine advocates. Uh, There are a lot of us out there that believe that vaccines are not the best thing for you, especially the way they are currently delivered. In Mm -hmm. fact, my daughter, who uh, happens to be a registered nurse, uh, my daughter says that – She doesn't have a problem with vaccines in general, but she said vaccines should be given one or two at a time. Not this, uh, hey, we got 24 in this one and 36 in that one and 93 in this one. You know, that's the way they do it. And that's why we're seeing such an upswing in autism here in the United States. And Europe just recently started using our vaccines. They have seen the same upswing in autism since they started using American vaccines. Go figure. So... Obviously not an accident, but nonetheless, a lot of people have challenged Sarah Davis on this. And, of course, Sarah Davis, in typical uh, fashion, is not interested in representing uh, her district as much as she is in pushing her very liberal point of view. Now, I know that Sarah Davis does have that wonderful R behind her name, which stands, in her case, for reprobate. Uh, You stand for Republican. But uh, anyway, uh, according to this letter, Sarah Davis has been tweeting a lot of late, and she has chosen to label those who do not want this vaccine, those who value the freedom of choice, with a group of profane insults. Indeed, she professes her lack of empathy for victims of vaccine injury. Uh, She is one of the vaccine deniers. That is, all vaccines are good, and no autism has ever been linked to a vaccine. That's what she would have you believe. But keep in mind, we did not see this wave of autism and still we, until we started doing these vaccines where we had 12, 14, you know, vaccines per shot, Joe. Yeah, that's crazy. So consequently, uh, uh, we're experiencing that. But Sarah Davis says, how the hell with you? Sorry you had trouble, but not my problem. Anyway, uh, Sarah Davis allegedly been using a lot of vulgar language, and it's just kind of sad that a Texas legislator at that level would lack the tact in class we expect from that. But unfortunately, this has become the norm, uh, not the exception. And I encourage all of you 
to uh, give Sarah Davis a call and let her know just how you feel about that. It is it is sad that we have to do this, but that's what's happening. And I wish it wasn't. So I'm going to pull up here in a minute. I'm going to pull up a little bit of Sarah Davis uh, info so you guys can call her. That's a good idea, Doc. Maybe maybe she's not too busy right now. Call her and cheer her up a little bit. You know. Yeah, that's what I think. And tell her you heard it on the Doc Green Show. And, and, and while you're at it, you can say, Sarah, why wouldn't you go on Doc Green Show and talk about this? You don't believe in what you're doing and enough to, to stand up for it? I mean, really? She'd like to hear from you, I'm certain. So I'm going to give you her phone number. Uh, Sarah Davis can be reached at 713-664-7095. If you want to get to Sarah Davis, uh, State Rep, District 134. Now, Sarah Davis, of course, is a huge abortion proponent. She loves the fact that right here in Houston, we have the largest baby-killing factory in this hemisphere not not in this town not in this county not in this state not in the united states but in this hemisphere all the way from antarctica to the arctic it is nothing nothing even compares to the number of babies that they kill at this facility down there and of course it uh, doesn't bother her any since she's blonde and blue-eyed it doesn't bother her any that 60 percent of those babies are black apparently black lives matter everywhere except for at the abortion clinic on I-45 South right here in Houston. There's only one bigger abortion clinic in the world. Have you any idea where that would be, Joe? No. It would be in Shanghai, China. No kidding. Yeah, and they have something else in common, too. They're owned by the same people. Come on. Really? Yeah, they're owned by the same people. Hey, Doc, you're bordering on conspiracy here. I, you know I don't like to talk about stuff like that. What well, are you this, doing? There's no conspiracy here. Anybody can find this out for themselves. I'm just I'm just bringing it to you. Yeah. Uh, Shanghai, China, the only one that's larger than the one that is here. It is also run by that group known as Planned Infanticide. Mm. And uh, Planned Infanticide has been around doing the job for a long time. If you want to know why Social Security is going broke, Look no further than planned infanticide, because you see all of the babies that would have been born uh, and paid that those taxes, Joe. Well, we killed them. We killed them. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy, Doug. So I don't know what to say about that? I guess I want to walk through the parking lot and see what they're driving over there. Sarah Davis, if you want to want to know where that comes from, well, State Rep. Sarah Davis with the R for reprobate behind her name. A successful attorney has been elected now to three terms. Uh, she is a fiscal conservative, though. So she does worship at the altar of money. But that's the whole thing about Texas politics, and that's the ugly part of it. And a lot of people don't, don't know this. But up there in the Pink Palace, uh, so, so no, so-called the Pink Palace uh, because it is made of pink granite. But up there in the Pink Palace... They get together every two years, and they get together for this purpose. You would think it would be to write good laws to protect the people of Texas and maybe repeal some bad laws, but that's, that's not what they get together for. They get together to divide up the mountain of money that is the Texas state budget. Billions of dollars at stake. And Governor Abbott's job primarily is to administer to that and make sure that that money gets into the right pockets. 
So you don't want that money ended up in a you know in the, in the wrong hands because then anything could happen. Were, were those the millionaires and billionaires that Rock always was talking about? Was that who he was talking about? Well, it could be because in Texas we do have more than our share of those, and and of course we we call them the plutocracy here on the Doc Green Show and on Raging Elephants Radio. The plutocracy, the people that actually rule Texas. So. Um, uh, Frank has chimed in here. He said the uh, the whole vaccine theory is flawed because they claim it mimics a natural immunity by bypassing the normal intake points, mouth, ears, etc., and sticking a needle into your muscle and injecting toxins and viruses. And, you know, when you put it that way, Frank, it doesn't sound like any fun at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Have you seen the size of those needles? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well... It, yeah, I understand some of these new vaccines are going to have the consistency of peanut butter. Oh, yummy. I like peanut butter. <laughs> Why do they got to ruin peanut butter? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, anyway, we're, we're here on the Doc Green Show. We are having fun, and uh, we are spreading the word of what's going on in the Pink Palace. The State Board of Education, very important function, and I've testified before the State Board of Education some, for some time. One of the things that they do is they decide what goes into our textbooks and what stays out of our textbooks. So it's an important function because Texas is sort of the 500-pound gorilla when it comes to textbooks, Show, I mean, the textbooks we buy, it costs so much money to make textbooks. The textbooks we buy generally get rebranded and resold into other smaller entities uh, at, a, at a profit. Well, the State Board of Education on Wednesday voted preliminarily for scientific standards that will keep the language that some would say opens the door for creationism. The votes came a day before the board heard from the scientists begging them to remove that language. Board members are set to hold a second public hearing and take final votes on these changes to science standards in April. You see, here's the problem with these guys with all these advanced degrees. Most of them are dumber than a rock, stupider than Jupiter. These people are able to look at all this creation around us, all this perfection. They're able to look at a galaxy that's got at least one, well, a universe that has at least 100 billion galaxies, according to NASA, based on on their uh, far-seeing telescope known as the Hubble. And if you've ever seen that picture where you see all these little pinwheels out there going as far as the eye can see, I mean, and, and that's what they did. They counted them. And in that 1% slice of sky that they did on the first one, they extrapolated that out and came up with over 1 billion galaxies the size of our own Milky Way. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever been out in the country where there's no light pollution whatsoever, where you can just lay out under the open sky and look at that. When you see the Milky Way, there are so many stars in it that it just looks like a haze. Now, some of the stars can be made out very clearly, the ones that are closer to us, but it's really just like a haze because our our Milky Way is so huge. Our closest star, uh, I understand you can get to now at the speed of light in 10 years. Okay. So um, that's that, but that's the closest star at the speed of light, uh, which is uh, what, uh, 1,387,000 miles per second, I believe. I'll go with that. Okay. So... At the speed of light, it takes you 10 years to get there. And, of course, we have not yet perfected anything that would allow us to move at the speed of light. And some scientists say that if you can move faster than the speed of light, you could actually go back in time. You could actually arrive before you left. 
How cool would that be? But um, I digress. But I love science. I excelled in science when I was in school, and it's always been one of my favorite subjects. If you look at science, you look at the perfection that's out there, one thing we can absolutely know beyond the shadow of a doubt, the design is amazing. It's intricate. It is fabulous. And if there is a design, there must be a designer. That's right, because you can't have a design unless there is a designer. Sure, it didn't just all morph out of mud, Doc? Well, here's the thing. What, what is the first law of thermodynamics? Who? The, the first law of thermodynamics says that order leads to disorder unless acted upon by an outside force. It's true. I should have paid more attention in science class. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love science. So, so we know that that is the first law of thermodynamics. Order leads to disorder or becomes disorder unless acted upon by an outside force. Give you a perfect example. If you believe what most of these teachers believe when they're screaming, science, if you believe that crap, what they're talking about, then you would also believe that if you took a, uh, a tricycle that you bought at Costco, don't buy anything at Costco, by the way, they're huge contributors to the Democrat Party. But if you bought a tricycle at Walmart, better, mm. and you took that tricycle and you went out and parked it in the middle of the jungle, and you left it there, and you come back in 10 years, will it be a shiny new Harley Davidson with uh, chrome pan heads on the cover? Or I mean, I guess it depends on what you water it with. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or will it be a, a rusted hunk of junk where the pipes have actually perhaps even rusted in two in places and it no longer has any structure? Certainly no structure integrity, structural integrity. Right. Well, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, of course, I have a superbly intelligent audience here. You know for a fact that order leads to disorder. That tricycle parked out there in the forest is going to become a rusted heap of junk. It can't become anything else, Joe. No, I agree with you there, Doc. No, I, I think I remember that much from, uh, from science class. So since we know that, back, yeah. that order leads to disorder... When we look at the perfection that's in the universe, it's not disorderly. In fact, it's beautiful, near perfect. Absolutely. And they're, they're still working on things like, uh, for instance, taking a, uh, a whelk, you know, the, a snail shell, a nautilus, if you will, looking at the perfection in a nautilus. And mathematics have, have worked that out, and it's an amazing ratio. And they say, once again, no way this could have happened. By accident, there must be a designer. So what these guys are are freaking out about, Joe, is they are freaking out about the fact that we might begin to teach creation in our schools. Come on. Yeah, we might begin teaching creation as the real way that the world started. And these guys are scared spitless because they're all evolutionists. They all believe that the first law of thermodynamics does not apply to them. They all believe that their uh, grandmother was an unk was a monkey's uncle. That's what they believe. Love to see that family reunion. That's why you want to go to that. Uh, you got to go to their theory. You see where we started in the primordial swamp, and over this is why they live billions of years. They say over billions of years, that amoeba one day got together and said, "You know what? We need we need some eyes." Those, those amoebas did. They said, we got to have eyes. And, of course, the other amoebas sitting around the conference table taking notes. 
I said, I? Why do we need an I? What is an I? He said, you know, so that you can take in light, so you can see things, so you can recognize color. And the other amoebas all looked at him funny, and, well, they really couldn't look at him. They didn't have an eye. But they got a funny look on their amoeba shape, and they said, what is color? And so, you know, it's up to the head amoeba. He's trying to explain all this to, the, to, the, to his children because they all subdivided from him. He's trying to explain this. To, no, 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 no. You guys don't understand. We've got to be able to see. And, and so the amoebas had the meeting. They kept the notes. And over a period of centuries, I remember we got billions of years. Billions. Billions of years, these notes were found and kept by the other amoebas. Good note keepers. Yeah, and, and so the amoebas continued to work on some of these things. And then one day they said, you know what we need? We need some lungs, you know. And once again, the head amoeba uh, brings us forth, and the other amoebas uh, got a funny look on their shape because they still hadn't got the eye thing down yet. They said, what do we need lungs for? And he said, you know, so you can take in air and get oxygen and get nitrous. And they said, what is oxygen? What is air? What is nitrogen? Well, ahead of me, but can see this is just going nowhere fast. I mean, you, know, you can imagine the frustration on his shape because he didn't have a face. He didn't have any eyes. He didn't have a mouth. So he's trying to explain all this. Now, some of you guys by now, you're laughing and you're saying, what the hell is he talking about? Well, guys, this is what passes for science in our universities today. This is what passes for science. They actually believe that that is how mankind came, that the amoeba had the meetings, they became, well, they, they maybe don't believe the meeting part, but they, they believe somehow these guys, these amoebas just evolved and became higher beings and, and then one day became a fish, and then one day the fish said, hey, we need legs. <laughs> and uh, then the fish grew the legs, and once again, keeping copious notes. And uh, then one day the fish is out walking along and said, man, look at them trees. I sure would like to be up in that tree. And then, so they started another group and uh, became monkeys. Just like that. Just like that. You know, the more the harder you try to explain evolution, the stupider it gets, doesn't it? Well, I guess. It's like the scientists that got together and said, you know what? We're just as smart as God. Now, these scientists haven't believed in God. They said, but we're just as smart as God. Said uh, They challenged God to a contest. They said, God, we believe now that we can create anything you can create, and therefore we really have no further need for you. And so we'd like to have a contest to prove that. And God said, okay, well, let's, let's get started. So the scientists all get together, and they get in the lab, and they said, all right, guys, we're ready to go now. First, we start with some dirt. God said, uh-uh-uh, you got to make your own dirt. That's my dirt. Good point. And, of course, the scientists couldn't make dirt, and so that was the end of that, com that competition. Any way you look at it, the theory of evolution don't work. I will spot you whatever you want. I will start wherever you want to start. But the theory of evolution fails on every single level. And if you wanted to get as far as birds, I mean, then I would take like the, uh, the plover that lives alternately in Hawaii and Alaska. The plovers are born in Alaska, and every year they fly to Hawaii, and they, they hang out down there, and then they fly back to Alaska. How did the plovers know to fly to, to Hawaii? It's an island in the middle of nowhere. How does a bird learn that? Once again, do they have other birds taking copious notes about um, went off course by 12 degrees to the left, totally missed it, ran out of energy, crashed into the ocean? It's not possible. 
that that bird could have evolved. It's not possible that there is not a higher intelligence involved that tell them, no, you winter in Hawaii, and this is how you get there. And the plovers, for some reason, seem to know how much they have to eat to build enough fat layers to have enough energy to fly to Hawaii every year, and they all land pretty much on empty. But then they get fat again in Hawaii, and when they're ready to fly back to Alaska, they can make the journey again. That doesn't evolve. That can't evolve. It's not possible. So here we are, the State Board of Education. They are teaching our young skulls full of mush that evolution, a, quote, theory, unquote, is real science. When, in fact, it fails on every level of scientific measurement. It doesn't follow scientific theory at all. Scientific theory requires that you are able to come up with a hypothesis, utilize the stuff, and I'm, I'm sorry about the uh, lawn guys out there. I, I can't help that. But use this hypothesis and come out with a result. And then, by proper documentation, you can hand that all off to another scientist who can then recreate your experiment and get the same result. And if you can't do that, the hypothesis fails and cannot be considered science. How does that work with evolution? Because there's nothing there you can prove, not a damn thing. And the reason why they have to go to billions and billions of years is because what they have observed so far is they can't observe any trace of evolution in the world today. The closest they got was adaptation, where some animals grow a winter coat and some don't. Some moths are one color for a while and then another color for another while, depending on the season. Charles Darwin uh, came up with a lot of those theories, but Charles Darwin also denounced on uh, close to his death, he denounced the theory of evolution. I remember that. And and didn't some of the, um, what they were claiming this whole thing was about, it turned out to be fraudulent anyway. The bones were planted and whatever information they were oh, going yeah, on was all yeah, bogus you in the beginning. Get, yeah. Yeah. You want to you get into that, that argument? You're absolutely right. That is what they found. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the Piltdown Man. There you go. Piltdown Man. Okay. The theory of Piltdown Man was created with a pig tooth. They took one tooth and built a man out of it. Amazing. They found one tooth, built an entire man out of it, and the whole thing was a hoax. But it existed in the scientific community for more than 25 years before somebody finally realized, man, that's a pig tooth. Mm. What are you kidding me? Well, do you think they were protecting their jobs by not uh, talking about it? Well, I do think they are, but I'll tell you why this is happening and the reason why we're discussing it here today on the Doc Green Show. It comes down to simply this. There was a scientist, I will not name him, but he was interviewed about the theory of evolution and all the flaws and holes in it. And he says, I know the theory of evolution is not scientific. He said, I also know it's not real. But he said, I choose to believe that because if I choose not to believe that, then I have to believe that there is a God, and I refuse to accept that. What's so hard about that? It, it's, it's the pride of man. Arrogance? And the, yes, and that's why it's one of the seven deadly sins, and that's what's going to likely take that scientist to hell and any number of other millions of other people. The pride of man that cannot accept that there is a creator that they might owe a little something to. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, the process convened, and they, t- they uh, got a teacher committee that recommended the deletion of several high school science standards, including four controversial biological standards. They said, we're just too complex for our stupid little kids to understand. 
And in their recommendation for deleting a clause requiring students to examine explanations on the, quote, sudden appearance of organism groups in the fossil record, they included the note, not enough time for students to master this concept. Hmm. Because once again, if you master that concept, then you have to question the theory of evolution. Because the fossil record does not support evolution in any way. You probably heard many times the idea of the missing link, Joe. The missing link. Yeah, yeah. it's still missing. Hmm. And they're never going to find it. You know why? Because monkeys have always been monkeys. And men have always been men. If it was such a good idea, the monkeys would have kept turning into men. Well, now, I like what Geico did with the uh, the caveman concept. <laughs> that was good stuff. That was marketing. And, yeah. you know, they kind of throw it in your face, Doc. You know, that's what I always hate. But I like it because you can see it, but most people can't. They put it right out there in front of, front of you. You just got to be able to see it, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit. And that's what we hope to do in, in, in this lifetime or whatever we got left, right? Well, indeed. And Republican board member Barbara Cargill led the charge Wednesday to keep these standards in some form, arguing that actually helps students to better understand science and thus keep teachers away from these crazy creationist ideas. Mm. Democrats Georgina Perez and uh, Erica Beltran and Ruben Cortez and Marisa Perez all challenged each of these notions. The board voted 9-5 to hold the language back into the standards requiring students to examine scientific explanations for the abrupt appearance and stasis in the fossil record. Once again, potentially opening up the room for not opening up the room for, for creation. So at Tuesday's public hearing, a former science teacher, Joni Ashbrook, told the board that specific language is included in the creationist arguments that, that the supernatural agent does explain a burst of new forms into the fossil record. Ms. Cargill said her addition allows students fully comprehend the ebbs and flows and the number of organisms that formed over time. Something obviously happened in the environment, they're gone. And the fossil record flatlines, and we don't see them anymore. Indeed, Beltran disagreed, saying the term abrupt appearance opened the door to non-scientific instruction in creationism. So once again, we see the board overruling and rewriting the work of classroom professionals and other experts who knew better than anyone else, said Kathy Miller. Well, I would have to argue that, because... Most of these classroom experts educated in our communist godless society in our uh, institutions of higher learning should never be allowed anywhere near a child. All right, I got to hit a break. Frank is uh, ready to rock it, so come on in here, Frank, and uh, we'll be right back. instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Here's an important 
important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. You've just defended yourself with a gun. You've been booked for manslaughter, but it was self-defense. You go to court. Your bail is set at $100,000, but the legal defense you subscribe to doesn't cover that much. You still have legal jeopardy ahead, which would wind up costing even more money and time, and now you're beginning to really worry. Self-Defense Fund provides bail up to $100,000. We are a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. doctor in but i got my buddy joe in here today and uh we are we're covering a lot of ground here today first of all i want you to know that yesterday i played a lot of the uh audio from austin where they had bust in all of these uh stinking illegal aliens to testify as to why we should not enforce our law and to why even though they are here illegally they deserve to get our stuff and they they should get it all free of charge with no requirement from them but after hearing more than 16 hours of testimony, the Texas State Senate Affairs Committee voted 7-2 to 
along party lines early Friday morning, that was this morning, to advance a bill that would punish local government entities and college campi who refuse to cooperate with federal immigration authorities or to enforce our laws. This 16-hour hearing included tears. Oh, yeah. Well, sir, I, I don't know if you heard it. it, it was uh, Mr. Schumer uh, leading the way? No, no, no. This is all in the State House. This okay. is right here in Austin in the Pink Palace. And uh, it was heartbreaking. I mean, these these poor little little angels that broke into our country illegally and want all of our stuff for free, a good number of them living on uh, public assistance and going to our schools and sucking up spaces that would normally be reserved for Texans. Well, they were just weeping and crying. Some of them were angry. Some of them were heckling these senators. Uh, There were a number of warnings uh, to respect the rules of the Capitol's upper chamber, which is to maintain some decorum. The Texas State Senate Affairs Committee voted 7 to 2. God bless them. Senate Bill 4, commonly known as the Anti-Sanctuary City Bill, I would prefer to call it a Senate Bill 4, known as the Enforce Our Existing Immigration Law Bill, would punish local government entities and college campi that are operating in a criminal manner, refusing to obey the law, and uh, refusing to cooperate with law enforcement officials when it comes to obeying that law. But this bill, if it is passed and it has made it out of this committee, would allow local police to enforce immigration law. I don't know about you, Joe. Does that just break your heart to think the cops would be able to enforce the law? What do they think they're up to, man? Who do they <laughs> think they are? <laughs> so they were going to be working uh, with uh, federal immigration officials. And, of course, uh, now that the Justice Department's about to get a new guy in charge of it and Department of Homeland Security with General Kelly, mm, I love be, that. I'll tell you what, change is coming. There is a new sheriff in town, and the laws that have been ignored are about to get followed. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, same here. Same this is going to punish local governments and their law enforcement agencies, specifically county jails, that fail to honor requests known as detainers from federal immigration customs enforcement officers to hand over immigrants in custody for possible deportation. I remind you, in California, San Francisco, a sanctuary city, Kate Steinley. Oh, yeah. Kate Steinle's last words, you know what they were, Joe? No, but I know he was a five-time uh, repeat offender, and he'd been deported several times, and here yes. he is anyway. Yeah, what, what were yeah he, he was a living bastard that should have been killed long ago, but instead we deported him, and he'd come right back. And, of course, San Francisco, being a sanctuary city, had recently released him nice. onto the streets. Kate Steinle's final, final words, help me, Dad. Oh. That was, those were her final words mm-hmm. after the bullets entered her body in the, in the few moments she had left. I, uh, I can't believe that we got people here in, in Texas that want us to be just like that. There's a guy named Spencer Golvach. You probably don't know his name. Golvach. Golvach. G-O-L-V-A-C-H. Obviously came over from the old country. Sounds like a sandwich. Well, Spencer Golvach was a bass player. Young guy, about 22, 23 years old, owned his own music store, played bass in some of the local bands. And Spencer Golvach had taken his uh, fiance out for dinner and took her out for dinner. And went after dinner, a nice Italian restaurant. Then he was driving home, undoubtedly with a smile on his face, after he dropped his girlfriend off 
when he pulled up to a stoplight in downtown Houston and he was shot twice in the head by an illegal alien who had gone on a killing spree. Once again, an illegal alien that had been deported multiple times. And that illegal alien, here's the only good news from this story. He went down the street. He'd already killed one guy before he killed Spencer Golvach, blew his brains out. Then he went down the street and attempted to kill a sheriff's deputy. Come on. Messing with the wrong man. Didn't go well for him. So the only good news is we got rid of that bastard, and we never had to pay for a child. But Spencer Golvach would have been a credit to our community, an entrepreneur, a guy who was a producer, a giver, not a taker, a guy who had a bright future ahead of him, the only son of Dan Golvach, shot dead by an illegal alien in this sanctuary city known as Houston. Not acceptable. Of course, that was when we were under Pervert Porker's reign. Oh, boy. Uh, Pervert Porker, the former uh, mayor of Houston, a uh, a homo uh, of the first magnitude. And, of course, uh, he, she was married to another she, he, I guess. I don't know. I, I can't I, I can't follow it, okay? When I should have paid more attention and science class, Doc. I missed that part. I, how did I that evolve? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> you want to talk about evolution? Now, there's an evolutionary story. <laughs> but I can't figure it out. I can't tell the she, he's from the he, she's from the transvestites, from the liberal, uh, from the gays, from the homos. Uh, I can't keep, you know. The the ones that engage in bestiality I, and, and necrophilia, I can't I can't keep track of it, and and uh, I just call them BLTs, you know. Anyway, the BLT our BLT mayor is the one who made it possible for uh, Spencer Golvach to be gunned down on the street because that's the kind of person she was. Heartless. Now a lot of people would say, "Well, Doc, you're oversimplifying that thing. You're blaming something on her she had no control over." But see, she did. Yeah. 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 She could have called our county sheriff and said, hey, I'm the mayor of this town, and if you find any illegal aliens out there, I want them held in jail until ICE takes them, and if ICE doesn't take them, I want them held in jail indefinitely. That's what should have happened. Because one thing you can be sure of, for every illegal alien here in America, do you know what that is, Joe? An illegal alien or the America part? The legal alien. (laughs) Yeah, I got that part. Yeah, I got you, I got you. They're criminals. What? They're engaged in illegal activity. What should happen to a criminal? A criminal should be arrested. Uh, Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that. No getting around that. Anyway, back to this testimony from yesterday, which I played here on the radio and made some of you guys have to actually go through. I'm sorry, but I, I, I was fascinated by it. So yesterday's hearing kicked off at 830 in the morning. Uh, before 11 a.m., State Senator Joan Huffman, a Houston Republican and committee chairwoman, said that more than 450 people had signed up to speak on the measure. Most of them illegal aliens bust in for the purpose. Bought and paid. Yep. This included interim Austin Police Department Chief Brian Manley, who said he was concerned about his department being held liable for the actions of other officials. He said his department's jurisdiction includes multiple counties, and he's afraid he might have to work hard. Said, I'm a little concerned about the strict liability it places upon us law enforcement guys to enforce the law. El Paso's county judge, Veronica Escobar, a Democrat, testified that the measure flies in the face of what Republicans in Austin allegedly champion, which is local control. Therefore, uh, Judge Veronica Escobar said, if I want a bunch of criminals in my city, I should be allowed to do that. I shouldn't be required to obey the law. 
She also touted that El Paso is consistently ranked the safest city of its size. That is, if you don't count all the drug, you know, murders that go on there. I, I mean, say, what school does she go to? <laughs> what book is she reading? That's impossible. Yeah, well, they ignore a lot of stuff in El Paso. That's because uh, Joe Rodriguez, uh, the uh, the state rep from down there, uh, I I I don't know about that guy. But he's constantly saying how low crime is in El Paso, and I'm start. I'm, I'm saying somebody ought to take a look at his checking account. Mm. You know, the one that that uh, he he doesn't talk about. Anyway, uh, she said that uh, we become less safe because of decisions made here in Austin. Who my who will my voters throw out of office? She said we'll end up being sued for a number of reasons. Why? The local taxpayer, and that is taxation without representation. But. Uh, Frank said uh, she meant among cities that size in that county. I no, nah, I don't think so, Frank. I don't even think that works. <laughs> I don't even think that works. Hey, but I'll give him a, a B plus for effort there. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. So anyway, uh, the bill is less about the threat of deportation and immigration than more about the rule of law, said Mr. Perry, the bill's author. He said if sheriffs use discretion over what is and what is not a detainable offense, they're outside the bands of the law. Because the law says if you're here illegally, you're a criminal, you should be arrested. So uh, he got support from Jackson County Sheriff Andy J. Louderback, who has long supported more state-based immigration enforcement. Louderback pushed back against the argument that bills like SB4 make communities less safe. He said... It's not optional to ignore our laws, and if ICE has a detainer out there, we are going to make the people safer by putting these people in jail. Now, that's kind of sheriff I could get behind. So uh, Greg Abbott did make good on earlier threats and has eliminated $1.5 million in state funding for Travis County, home of the drunken DA, Rosemary Lushberg. I mean, Lindbergh. I remember that name. Yeah, Trav- Travis County, home of the drunken DA, Rosemary Lesberg. Uh, Rose- Rosemary uh, Lemberg is the only attorney in all of Travis County that has enough brains to be able to run uh, the DA's office up there. She's the only one. Um, even though she's a drunk, even though she's a mean drunk, even though she raised hell with those sheriff's deputies that arrested her for DWI, um, she's still head and shoulders above every other attorney in Travis County. How does that work out? Well, I don't know, but, you know, normally if, I mean, like, Joe, I don't know about you, but let's say when you used to work for Fox News, if you'd have shown up with a DWI, how long do you think they'd have kept you around? No, they got rid of them pretty quick. I knew a couple of guys, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. they don't keep those guys around. Same here. A company I work for, I get a DWI, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because they say, you know, we just don't need your kind around here. No telling what kind of trouble you could create for the company. So they get rid of us. Yeah. But in Travis County, oh, no. They That's looked. Like a- they searched all over Travis County. It's huge, you know, Austin and all the surrounding communities. They couldn't find another lawyer that was equal to Rosemary Lushburn. And so they said, we have no choice. We have to keep her as the DA. Maybe she'd evolve to a higher level. uh, Apparently. But she's still an alcoholic. Anyway. Hard to shake that one. Now, Rosemary Lushburn, if anybody in your in your office is listening and would like to refute this point, let me give you this call-in number. It's 800-932-1980. Go ahead and give me a call. We'll be glad to give you equal time. 
uh, and maybe you can refute the argument. Operators are standing by. That's right. We're ready to take your call. So anyway, Travis County is now going to be uh, $1.5 million short, and that's going to hurt. Sure. It's going to hurt. And that's the only way to get it done. But let's face it. When you got a sheriff whose name is Sally, Sally never met an illegal alien she didn't love. And she said, that's it. You know, if these people break into this country, well, they are my best friends, and I want them here in Travis County because it's important that we be open-armed to all of these illegal aliens that break the law and break into our house, you know. So she said her department would cooperate with ICE on a limited basis. She'll decide how much they're going to cooperate. Uh, Democrats try to remind uh, Mr. Perry that the governor's actions gutted funding for not only the sheriff's department, but also for the office that provides legal and other services to thousands of Travis County residents. And Mr. Perry said, well, I guess that would be Sally's fault, wouldn't it? So, Sally Hernandez, this is all your fault. She said, we didn't, reserve, we didn't uh, remove those funds. You did. You broke the law. You said you're not going to obey the law, Sally. So anyway, the hearing was interrupted several times in the morning and in the early afternoon when groups unfurled banners that stated their opposition to the bill while others shouted and chanted. Texas Department of Public Safety officers quickly removed protesters from the Senate gallery, and I assure you they're good at that. You might see my black powder pistol over there, Joe. I happen to notice that when I walked in. That's one of the ones I used to wear up at the Capitol. Let me tell you, man, the bulls up there hate it. In fact, you can check on the Amazing Doc Green Show channel. There is video of them arresting uh, Thomas Jefferson. That's his pseudonym uh, because he was sitting under a tree wearing one of those on his leg, listening to a bunch of speeches. Hmm. And uh, the bulls come up, arrest him, roll him over, break his ribs, and drag him off face first and throw him into a car. They kidnapped him, in effect, because he was carrying a toy gun on the palace grounds. So anyway, if you want to find that, there's a lot of profanity in there, though, I, I remind you. To this day, nobody knows who the guy was that was spewing all the profanity, but he was not happy. Anyway, Cesar Espinosa, a member of an illegal advocacy group called Feel, F-I-E-L, Feel, in Houston, said he waited in line for an hour and a half before he was able to even sign up for testimony. And I say to Cesar, that's the way it is, buddy. I know, because I've testified up there multiple times, and it's always, you get there at 6 in the morning, and I hope that you can get signed in by 8 o'clock. That's just the way that it works. Anyway, uh Espinosa said, we're going to stay here as long as necessary in order to deliver testimony to the Senate. Well, that's the way it works. There's a long list of people. We calculated last night that a 1,000 people signed up to speak out against this vote. It would take 35 hours for everybody to testify with pauses and breaks. could even be longer than that. And, of course, if you've never been up there to testify, there are lots of pauses and breaks. For instance, you as a citizen, you've taken the day off so you can go up there and testify. But if a state official on the state payroll that's getting paid to do business for the state shows up, he gets to testify before you. Your, your thoughts. Your thoughts, Joe. Wow. I guess I'm in the wrong business, Doc. guess I need to be a little more political, or maybe I need to go up and do a little more protest. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's a lot easier to work for the government than it is to work for yourself. That's oh, no so. question about it. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, the safety of, this, of my family and all these people behind me whom I deeply care about is in danger because of this anti-immigrant legislation. Guys, this is not anti-immigrant. 
I don't care what country you came from, as long as you came in the front door, as long as you got your paperwork signed, we know who you are, we know why you're here, that's fine. I don't care what color your skin is. I do care what language you speak. I expect you to speak English. It helps. If you came here from freaking China, I expect you to learn to speak English in a year. If you came here from from Central America, I expect you to learn to speak English in a year. That was my problem. Some of these people, one lady said she'd been here for 30 years, she could barely speak English. Come on. Now, did you come here to be an American? Did you come here to be a Texan? Or did you come here to bring the same hell that you just left into my country and destroy life for me and my children and my grandchildren? So what are they what are you coming for? Are you coming here for conquest or are you coming here to assimilate? Could be. A little bit of both, and uh, throw some freebies on top, Doc. I'm sold. So anyway, as of Thursday afternoon, the Senate committee finally finished uh, the uh, testimony late in the day, and the bill has been posted for another public hearing today. So um, Greg Abbott has declared this bill an emergency item, which means that it's going to get voted on early instead of having to wait for the full 60 days of the session. And Greg Abbott has been in a uh, long war with Travis County Sheriff Sally Hernandez. Once again, to all you guys listening out there, if your sheriff's name is Sally, you guys got a problem. And for those of you that are listening on YouTube today, hello, YouTube. uh, I'm sorry, Comcast has failed to do their duty. They are going to give me $150 credit, but that doesn't make life better for you, does it? So I suggest that you go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Where it all begins. On AmericanVoiceRadio.com, you can choose your stream there. If you're on a limited data plan, they got a skinny little stream. It's 8 kilobytes a second. Sound quality is not that great, but it costs you like nothing to listen to that stream. If you're like me and you got a fat pipe, my downloads are great. It's just my uploads are a problem. Uh, then I go for the 64-kilobyte stream because it sounds better. So um, that's what's going on. I don't know about you guys, but once again, I remind you, do not hire a sheriff named Sally. A sheriff should be a real man. A sheriff should have a name like, like John. Buck. Yeah, Buck. That's a great oh, name for a sheriff. I like, I like that. that. I like yeah. that a sheriff should be a real man. And uh, that's who you need if you're going to enforce the law. Do not forget that the only constitutional law office we actually have is the sheriff. The police office, uh, Homeland uh, Insecurity, all of those guys, those are statutory offices. They are not constitutional offices. That's right. And contrary to popular belief, statute does not outrank Constitution. So there you have it. I got a little close to my mic there. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. Well, if you don't know what's going on, you're just going to fall for the same trick over and over. And how much uh, How much tickets running these days? <laughs> tickets yeah. are getting expensive. Hey, they ain't cheap. No, nope. I got one this yeah. morning because I parked. In a, in, well, I parked in the right place, and I paid to park. I just overstayed my welcome, apparently. And they got a guy that hangs out. I, I encourage you guys not to go to downtown Houston for anything. Just stay out of downtown Houston. Because they've got a guy, and his only job is he hangs out in this area and checks parking meters. He's a meter maid. Is his name Sally, too? His name's probably Bob, but he's he's a meter maid, and that's what he does. And he is there. He's got a bicycle so he can get, get there quickly. And he's probably got an app on his phone, too, that the second one of those uh, things goes red, he's there to write that ticket. 
Uh, at least that's been my experience every time I park in the area of 420 Main Street, downtown Houston. So I'd strongly recommend that all of you avoid downtown Houston, just like I recommend that all of you avoid Lupe Tortillas restaurants, because Lupe Tortillas restaurants is deathly afraid that someone like myself with a license, hand uh, handy with my weapon, well-trained, thousands of hours of training, they hate it when a guy like me goes in their restaurant. The only people they want in their restaurants are a bunch of gangbangers that will carry their guns concealed and uh, go in there and rob the place. They love that. But to have a guy like me just going in there wearing my weapon, nope, they can't do it. So Lupe Tortilla. When you see Lupe Tortilla, find another Mexican restaurant. Don't go to that one. You do look a little suspicious. Though, yeah, Doc. I know I do. I know. I, I, I look like a bad guy. And, uh, yeah, for those of you that are watching here on camera. Yep, he's a bad guy. There it is. You can see the weapon right there. And uh, and that, that's the real deal, folks. It is the real thing. All right, we're going to hit this break. We'll be right back on the Doc Green Show. Got a lot more for you. Licensed to carry gun instructors are excellent at getting you qualified for state licensing where licenses are required. However, when it comes to legal defense with a gun or any weapon, you may want to do your own research and discover your options. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on civil and criminal appeals, legal expenses, court costs, bail, time lost from work, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Our members never come out of pocket for itemized benefits. We are not a reimbursement nor insurance service. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Hello, I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. Specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great, the service has been great ever since. 
I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It's, it's really nice. We actually have a mobile showroom, so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you, and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call, and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot, and it's all free of charge. That's Floor of Houston. Floor.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all of Patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. Well, the doctor is in. It's the Doc Green Show. Hashtag amazing Doc Green Show. I didn't name the show, okay? I got I to gotta hand that one to the Apostle Claver. He's the guy that actually did indeed name the show. So, uh, we're here today. It's me. It's Joe. We're having a good time. And, of course, the chat room is live over on YouTube. And up next, I have none other than my good friend and uh, political pundit, Wilbur Witt. How the heck are you, Wilbur? He sounds good to me. Oh, Wilbur, where art thou? Wilbur, you're breaking up. You're breaking in. Somebody break him out. They got him. They got him, Doc. Son of a gun. Mm, Apparently those black SUVs showed up because I don't see. Is that better? That's better now. Can I can hear you now. Oh, good. Couldn't hear you a minute um, ago. I was afraid you'd yeah, been I've captured. Been <laughs> I've been captured a long time. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're up, Wilbur. You're up. I, I got I... me and Joe in here. And uh, so what do you bring to the table today, Wilbur? What's ailing you? Well, it's two issues. Uh, one is uh, I'm on this immigration thing, uh, what's going on with Austin being a, a sanctuary city and great heaven on their butt and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, somebody actually told me today, well, when he pulls funding from the police, that'll endanger the citizens of Austin. Oh, said, my well, God. You know what endangers the citizens of Austin? All them wild Mexicans running around. That don't do me <laughs> good. That don't do me any damn good. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, the language. Uh, Hey, hey, you know what? We got real people listening to this show, and uh, okay. So, and any word that's found in the Bible is fair game. Well, that's good. <laughs> but uh, um, I've, I've been in Texas a long time, and uh, people coming across the border has always been illegal. Now, back in the day, we kind of looked the other way because they they picked the oranges. Okay. Yeah. But with the introduction of the cartels and all that kind of stuff, it's dangerous. Well, they, the they pick the drug. <laughs> the support of the government of Mexico for this bad. Now, look at We want to build a wall to protect the integrity of our border. Now, yes. we're saying we need a wall to protect the integrity of the border. The Mexican government said, oh, big old. Well, this is, you're attacking us. Why? Trying to protect the border. <laughs> 
I do remember in Arizona back in the Tombstone days that the problem with the, the cowboy gang, who called the Cowboys, was that they were venturing into Mexico and they were terrorizing Mexican citizens and the government of Mexico told the United States government, you fix it or we're going to fix it. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> they were having the same problem with us <clears throat> that we're having now. <clears throat> the same exact thing. You mean gringos uh, it's, it's, going it's, down into Mexico and great raising hell? Yeah, stealing their cattle, burning their crops. Uh, and in the Mexican government, they sent troops up there. Huh. They're troops. That's why the Earps, the Earps and Doc Holliday had that shootout at the OK Corral. That's the whole backstory there was they were they were actually, they go to Mexico, rob the Mexicans, come run back up to Arizona across the border. And the Mexican government got talking. They were doing the same thing that we're doing now. Dang. And Donald and people, oh, no, the wall, the wall. Oh, I'm going to build that wall. It's going to be $25 billion. Okay, look. They build interstate highways, the same brick and mortar, right? They're right. 80 feet across. Take that interstate highway, cut it down half, half the distance, turn it up on one end, take some of the leftover material, make it a little thicker, and there's your wall. Right. There you there. go. How are they going to put it across the mountains? The same way Interstate 10 goes across the mountains. Well, I mean, in China, okay. in China, the Great Wall goes across the mountains. They built that with uh, nothing but la hand labor and basic hand tools. You can see it from space. Yeah, I think by yeah. I think that today we could certainly build a wall across anything. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, easy. I'll tell you what. We'll just hire the Mexicans to build a wall and fence on their southern border and keep the other people out of there. <laughs> this is true. I heard they're having the a real same. problem down there. Yeah. How about the Mexicans that built the wall for? Uh, or what's his name that owns Facebook? Oh, Zuckerberg, yeah. Yeah, Zuckerberg. He yeah. built a nice wall around his estate down there in Hawaii, and everybody's upset about that. I heard the Pope has a nice wall. Have you seen his wall? He's got oh, the Pope's really got a fabulous wall. wall. He's got a good wall. He's got a good wall. It's funny how we all these people it. decrying walls have walls. What they say? Fences make good neighbors? That's what they say. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Brother Theo and I had a conversation this morning, and we came to an observation. Uh-huh. We notice that there aren't clusters of billionaires. There's one here, one there, one here, one there, and they've been affecting elections for years. Mm -hmm. uh, like Bill Gates is the king of Washington, Warren Buffett is the king of Omaha, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The only problem is one of the kings got elected president. Dadgummit. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. No, actually, yeah, I, really, I, I really don't. I'm kind of I'm kind of happy about it. I'm pretty excited about it, if you must know. I'm laughing my butt off. <laughs> I'm laughing my butt off. Every time I wake up every day with a permanent smile on my face. <laughs> he pops it to him every doggone day. And he walks around. He looks like I tell Ted, you know, ever see that movie, The End of the Godfather, where Michael Corleone has Clemenza choke his brother-in-law to death in the car, and it shows Michael walking back in the house calmly after it's over. He's wearing the same coat that Donald Trump wears. <laughs> There you go. Well, I'm just so ecstatic that Donald Trump is our president, and we're going to build a wall, and guess who's going to pay for it? Mexico. That's right. That's right. I'll tell you a little bit inside information. I can't, she told me not to use her name. Okay. But she owns land down there in the valley, and she's already been approached with an offer from the government to purchase a strip of land, and they're already surveying. So hey, hey. It's already happening. Great for the wall. Well, what about the tunnels? What about all the tunnels? 
They, how are they going to address um, that? They're going to have to use this. What I understand is they're going to part of the wall is going to be this things like they use to to, to um, find out about earthquakes. Yeah. And anytime you got movement underground, it's, it's uh, the little bell will rattle or whatever. Now, they're always now. I don't want to get. Oh, they're going to measure seismic activity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get racial here a little bit. All we're right. Well, you Mexicans, might as well. Okay? Let's, let's just call it yeah. like it is. We're, we're, yeah, we're dealing with the Mexicans. All right. All right. Now they've been getting over that border for how how long? They're going to get over the border. Some of them are going to get over, but not thousands. Right now, it looks like the Battle of the Alamo going on down there. Yeah. No. At least this way, we only have to chase two or three down every now and then instead of the van pulling up and 32 Mexicans get out and run across the prairie. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, that's it. You know, it's just, ah, it's gotten ridiculous. It's gotten ridiculous. But it's a real good thing. Uh, I've also got involved, and um, I'm uh, becoming up with something called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, as a response to Brother Theo's article. a fabulous movie, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a response to Theo's uh, article, and we're going back and forth you know, on your show, Doc, uh, and keep people coming and listening. And Brother Theo is contacting um, liberal professors, doctors, lawyers, people like that, all over the country who are going to start calling your show. Well, you know? we're counting on it. And, and the call-in number, yeah. by the way, of course, I don't want you to interrupt right. Wilbur, but the call-in number is 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. You know, now, the other thing I'm on, and this isn't Texas business and everything, I'm going to have to be politically. I am, <laughs> am going to have to be politically correct here. Because the, uh, the guy I call Beetlejuice yep. and everything, <clears throat> he started the uh, Marching Across America. I know, he started some kind <clears throat> of I'm working crap. With yeah. a lady, I'm working with a lady called Dana Falls. Uh, she's in the Carolinas, and she was ripped by Beetlejuice. And yeah. she began a little effort to put him out to the public, more or less. Yeah. Uh, this man is a task master at public manipulation. Mm-hmm. So yesterday he did a live feed where he's standing in front of some building in uh, New Jersey uh, saying he's filed charges on everybody in her group, including myself, for, for stalking and talking about him. Now, Doc, you've been working with me four years. Yeah. We have stood on the steps of the Capitol. Multiple times, you and me. At least 20 or 25 DPS officers behind us praying to God we'd say something wrong. Yeah, just okay. yeah, I mean, just standing there with their hand on their gun, waiting. <laughs> exactly. With the lasers on our foreheads. I mean, yeah. Doc, you know, I don't make mistakes. I really don't. Uh, no, so, you don't. I said nothing about this man. I didn't mention his name. Now, he has mentioned me by name, Wilbur William Witt, Jr., He's told the general public on countless feeds that I am a registered pedophile fleeing the law. Uh-huh. Can you believe that? Well, oh, yeah. now that would be odd considering how many times you've been there within, a, within uh, you know, 10 feet of the law, and they have not even sought out to, uh, to arrest you. I mean, you've spoken at a number of events there at the Capitol, and there you are right behind the microphone on the steps, it'd be easy enough for them to arrest you if you indeed were a criminal, and you were operating under your own name. So it was with, obvious to everybody who was there. With my granddaughter, Puck, by my side. That's right. We love Puck here at yeah. uh, at uh, the Doc Green Show. Hey, I got you a biblical bad word. I'm going to give you a Puck quote. Puck oh. had a, a diabetic problem this week. Yeah. Uh, she, went up to, she went up to 500. She got a hold of some candy uh, Santa Clauses. 
oh, <laughs> and uh, and purged herself. So she had to go around the corner to the clinic and get an IV to oh, bring her back down. And it leaves you, with, uh, the way I understand it, it kind of leaves you with a hangover, you know. Yeah. Uh, but part of the treatment. Well, she's uh, t- type. Uh, part, type of the tr- part of the treatment. Type uh, 1 diabetic. Part of the treatment is she has to work, move around a lot the next day. Yeah. So Pam put her in, in the snow shovel. Had to shovel the driveway. <laughs> Called me up. She calls me up, and she says, uh, she says, uh, uh, Puck wants to talk to you. She's shoveling snow. And I said, hey, baby girl, how's it going? She goes, I'm in hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's she's but, a, a rather precocious youngster, I should tell to, tell all of our listeners, Puck is. Very much so. But anyway, you're going to see a lot of, uh, I think I've been putting on your page, I'm uh, toe-to-toe with Beetlejuice right now. Mm-hmm. There are no charges. What Dana Falls did. She's she she's a Southern Belle from, from wherever, and she talks like this all the time, saying "don" and "don," you know, like that. Yeah. Well, she got she saw that thing, and well, she just ran down to the police department and said, "Hey, I heard that y'all got a warrant for me, and I want to surrender peaceably." <laughs> and the police said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> oh my goodness! What yeah. are you talking about? Well, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have started that war. Uh, no, that was probably a big mistake. And what I told Dana this morning and another lady is, don't get upset. I'm a, I'm an op-ed writer. When old Doc Green drug me off of that porch, I stepped into this political writing thing. I thrive on this kind of stuff. That's what I write about. I don't like the ladies' garden society. <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> so this is this is stupid. And the guy is up. Uh, he, Doc, he could have been great. He does have a record. He has been uh, to prison. That's a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Been on parole, and all he had to do was come out. He started this March for America thing. All he had to do was say, "I'm a changed man. Donald Trump has saved my soul," and and just and just booked the speaking engagement, just like Don King. Yeah, that's all he had to do. He didn't do it, but that's between him and Dana. All I'm doing is a little. What I did for Crystal Lee, what I do for Senator Mike Lee, uh, I'm just doing op-ed. Just do an op-ed for them, flying high above the clouds, and then let them have their fun. But uh, my main goal is Texas. Uh, we're getting this house finished, <clears throat> getting the other one finished, and I'm going to bounce back and forth between Salt Lake City and Austin constantly. Uh-huh. Salt Lake City and Austin. And I work more. Uh, I can't wait for us to do another rally. I love to do rallies. Yeah, you know, I, I've been kind of laying off on that, Weber, because it takes so much effort and it costs so much money. I mean, every time I do a rally, uh, it ends up costing me over a thousand bucks, and uh, oh man, you know sometimes we. I mean, look, I don't have to bear all that myself. People have donated to the cause, but mm-hmm. it still costs me a lot of money out of my pocket, even when they donate. And so, consequently, uh, and and man, the work that goes into doing a rally, Wilbur. I mean, it's just it's it's grueling. Oh, Doc, I can't I can't believe I was in in the music business for a long time. Yeah. And like that day you pulled up with all your equipment and they wouldn't let your truck on the ground. No. And you had to take all your equipment across the grounds by hand. Yes. Stuff indeed. like that. And they did everything they could to mess with it, you know, the whole time. Um and, and the weather's never right. <laughs> it's never right. Well, that one time we were up there, the wind, I thought it was gonna blow you away, quite frankly, just the it wind. It grabbed my coat. It actually grabbed my coat. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It really did. It, it made me teeter a little bit. That's why I was laughing. It made me teeter yeah. a little bit. Uh, but it's, uh, I like to go down there to Austin and, and do those things. Uh, I did a, I did, 
I had an event with the, uh, the CPS over the holidays, yeah. but it was a winner. Uh, you remember Sonny, that little guy used to hang around with me? Yeah. All right. He got in the habit of calling the CPS, okay? And I yeah. met a guy, and I can't use his name publicly because he's a director, and he's asked me not to do it, with the CPS. He came here and sat down with me, and he said, I've got hundreds of cases, and none of them are founded. That tells me there's a problem. And he figured out what was going on. <clears throat> Uh, he assured me there'd be no more of a problem. On the 26th of December, just as a test, mm-hmm. Sonny called me. And he started talking. And I said, oh, I'm mad today. I'm upset. What are you upset about? And I said, oh, I told Pam to stay up in Salt Lake. The weather's not permissible. And doggone it, she didn't show up last night with the darn kids, and she's over at the Pebble House. <laughs> There's no heat over there. I know it. I know it. <clears throat> I got to go, Sonny. I'm mad. 142 calls to the CPS after that. Wow. And not one of them, not one of them got processed. <laughs> not one. <laughs> now, what exactly did they, uh, I mean, what What are they saying here? Go get this child molester? I mean, come on. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it goes to full gambit. Uh, children aren't eating. Uh, <clears throat> there's no uh, adequate facilities for washing. Their toenails are dirty. And, of course, I'm chasing a little girl around, you know, in my underwear. And all. And it's all a bunch of nonsense. But I exposed the nonsense and especially exposed him. Now, he's been calling and screaming for about three days. Yeah. And it's been funny. It's actually been funny. <clears throat> but the, we got, I talked, Brother Theo is actually connected. Uh, he was a contractor psychologist for the CPS for a long time. Yeah. And um, he's met with uh, some of the upper level people <clears throat> who've given him their assurance that this will go no further. And we're working on actually, I don't know if it'll ever happen, it's rare. But I may even get a letter of apology for all that's happened. Hey, so, that'd be something. Yeah. Don't hold mm-hmm. your breath. And Puck, I had nothing to eat and everything. Okay. The children are the inheritors of all the property that Joe left and Pam combined and everything. The five children. So technically, the children are millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. They, I'd like to see that they happen. $1.2 million in associated properties that they inherit when Pam passes. Wow. And, it, and that's a fact. You know, it, it, everything's coming up good. The, the book, I was on some Indians up in uh, Washington State are a member of a book of the month club. Yeah. And they ordered, um, um, they ordered um, book of the month. You know, they get a, a copy and then they ordered some more to give out for Christmas. In December, in their little club up there, the book of the month was Cigar Box. Hey. A great book, one yep. of my favorites. So if you haven't read it, by the way, i, I got to remind you guys, you can go to Amazon.com. You can type in Wilbur Witt and all of his yep. books. Uh, you've got at least three three books available on Amazon.com. And Yeah, three, there's four, actually. Uh, there's four books out there. The last one I wrote with y'all was uh, The Simple Old Boy Thing. I wrote that thing. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I actually did two cyber books where I used a link to the Tea Party Tribune yeah, and another link to my simple old boy thing, and you click one link, and you get to read a book with about 600 chapters in it the same way yeah. for free. Pretty cool. So I've done that. Um, but the thing was, the good news is, is when I hit that book of the month club, I go down to the bank to check my bank account, right? Yeah. And I think I got my trusty $6 in there like always. Well, I had $506. Hey, we love from that. Book, from book sales. <laughs> and so... I'm pumping that. Oh, man. Well, you guys should go there, seriously, and get Wilbur's book. Cigar Box, 
uh, happens to be my my personal favorite, and I think all of you should. And and so this is not a short novel, by the way. Cigar Box is going to take you a few hours to read, uh, but it's worth it. Uh, you know, it, it, I think it would make probably a good weekend, or if you're one of those people who reads one or two chapters at a time, it'll take you a month. But, you know, get in there and read that book. It's a fabulous book. And uh, You know what's funny, Doc? No, this is really funny. I hated that book when I wrote it. Really? Pam made me write that book. It started out to be a tribute to our deceased daughter-in-law, the one I sent you pictures of. Yep. And after the first page, it developed its own little line. But the first time I wrote it, yeah, you know. And the, the, the main character, June Montgomery, was the character here and in the spirit world. So the editor said, no, it confuses the audience. So I had to rewrite it. <laughs> then they, a girl, uh, the girl editor in New York got in touch with me and said, well, listen, you got this girl's a little West Texas firecracker that's marrying herself into a rich family and gold digger. And you got to run around in a nun suit, man. You're going to have to spice her up a little. So we had to do that. It went on and on and on. When your wife read it, and then you read it, and started saying, that's a great book, that's a great book, I had to go back and read my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told Pam, I said, like, holy what, crap. What did I put in there? You, I, you, you gave a rousing, I mean, it, it made me read the book. I'll put it that way. Well, and I hope y'all got, yeah, y'all got, the, y'all got the right copy. There's three versions. Um, there's the original, and then there's, uh, that was with Author House, I believe. The yeah. last version, I believe, is on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble. I don't know how in the world it got there. The, uh, the good copy is the one that begins with the old Mexican and the cowboy in the barn smoking the joint. That's the one I got. That's the one. That's, that's, the, final, that's the final version. Yeah, and that's, one, and that's the one I got. And the interesting part of that, uh, one of the edits was when Ray gets killed, mm-hmm. I was at a Christmas party with Luby's survivors. Oh, and yeah. they asked, why don't you throw a little something about Luby's in there? I said, I, I wouldn't want to show disrespect to the deceased. No, no, no. And they all told me their story. Well, what that you was... read in there, in that portion of the book, except for how Hernard got killed, is word for word what they told me. Wow. Well, I just yeah. thought, when I got there, I said, well, there's a little Easter egg there. You know, and I didn't mm-hmm. expect to see that coming in. But, see, I love how you blend real history and real things that happen with the fictional story in the book. Uh, that's why I encourage people to get the book, Cigar Box, by Wilbur Witt. Going to have to pick up a copy well, on the way out. So, well, you know, I'll tell you what's interesting. Uh, we had so many things in that book. Like, you know, when, when, the, when uh, Claudette, the broker, lays out the neighborhood, Yeah. the way that she acquires the land, the law is connected – and mm-hmm. the way she lays out the golf course, the dimensions, yeah. the cost, yeah. those are all real. Wow. We didn't know it, but years later, years later, when we moved to Berry Creek on the golf course, and I talked to the old people down there in the country club, we were spot on. <laughs> spot on. Exactly wow. how you do that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, taking over the, the, pushing the county attorney to put a track of land up for sale, and then the man, he gets a sheriff's deed. And the owner has two years to come back and pay the money back. Then you just take the land back. Yeah. And the um, old uh, Stillwell, the old rancher, he sat over in the old folks' home for two and a half years, and Claudette screws him out of his ranch. Huh. So it's a very complicated story. Well, it is. You've got to know something about real estate to even write a book like this. Of course, you do. And that's why I'm saying this book is a fascinating read. I mean, you blend a little fantasy, a little science fiction, some good Texas history. you got Memphis in there. Uh, mm-hmm. you're like Louis L'Amour. If you write about something in your book, it's really there. And uh, when, when, when Stillwell loads that gun, I actually went out in the woods and I took a 44 Colt Walker and loaded it and fired it. Wow. 
to learn how I knew how black powder worked, but I wanted to actually get the details how he would do it, <clears throat> and that's that's what I did. The death of the girl was real. That was April uh, April Katz K A T Z who married my son. Mm-hmm. They had separated. She was actually living in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I moved it to Memphis for color. It was more uh, fun in Memphis. Yeah, she was on her way to a Christmas party with new daddy. <laughs> with you know, yeah, with yeah, and she, the woman put on the brakes, trying to slow down, coming up to the the main road, and just slid on the ice out in the middle of the road. Little uh-huh. Mikey is a real person. By the way, he's in the Marines now. He's got the basic, and he's over on the West Coast. He flew forward, hit the front windshield. The driver's head bounced against the the window and busted out. He flew out of the window, made a right turn, flew across the freeway, hit a chain link fence, and broke one leg. Wow. So, and we had to explain that, so we invented an angel. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm telling you, the book is a good read. It, it's a good read. Cigar Box, uh, Sharon is on there. You can get that one. And A Simple Old Boy from Austin. Now, Simple Old Boy from Austin, that is a great reading room book because the chapters are short. And uh, so it's a, Simple Old Boy from Austin is a book that you can just, you know, you can read a chapter every day and enjoy it. Uh, as opposed to Cigar Box, where you really do kind of like sit down and read as much of it as you can at a time. So uh, I, I encourage you to get Wilbur's book. So, uh, Wilbur, uh, you you got anything recently that uh, we should mention here? Uh, just uh, the Beetlejuice thing. I'm on that for a little bit. I'm going to get back to uh, We're going to do Old Brother War Art Thou as a response to Brother Theo. Okay. All right. Run that, you run that, that through your, your right. page initially. And then Theo's going to come back, and he's going to come back with a liberal argument on the other side, and I'm going to come back, and we'll go kick and cat back and forth. Uh, and we're going to go on, because he's trying, you know, uh, we had to basically stick a couple pins in Beetlejuice's butt to fire him up and make a story out of him. He was a non-story. <laughs> <laughs> as, soon as, he, as soon as we ride that mule to the ground, then we're going to come on something <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you did, Wilbur, and, and – uh, I appreciate you being here. That's that's why you can hear Wilbur every Friday here. Now, you can also get Wilbur daily. He pretty much every day does a Facebook mm-hmm. broadcast. Oh, and today is the day uh, children around the country are meeting, uh, some in the boys' club up in uh, uh, Utah Yeah, on the big screen. And today they, they request me to talk about Texas subjects, and they picked the Texas Rangers today. Uh-huh. So I'm going to tell them all Texas Ranger stories at 5 o'clock. I try to make that feed every day from exactly 5 o'clock to exactly 5.30 Texas time. Excellent. Well, guys, check it out. You're going to like Wilbur's show. We're going to hit this break, and we'll be right back with a lot more on the Doc Green Show. Wilbur, thank you for calling in. Thank you, Doc, for having me. I'll see you later.
just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants, and you were really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. The doctor is in, and the Doc Green Show continues. We're so glad to have you guys here. 
One of the things I've not done yet today on today's show, I've, re- I've not played any music, and I know a lot of you guys tune in because you like to like to hear what I'm going to play. So I do want to get to some of that as well. And uh, let me get uh, let me get that up here. Got my buddy uh, Joe here in the studio today, and uh, used used to be with the Fox Network. So uh, so what brings you here? Why 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 are you here today, Joe? Well, you know, I work with Doc Cooper around the corner, so now I've got two docs in my life. I think <laughs> I'm going to need one more doctor, and I'll have you know the right approach. I'll be balanced. I, what's next for me? A uh, psychiatrist? Hey, could be. I don't know. Oh. Well, on the other hand, if you spend any time with me, you're going to be nuts. So maybe it'll balance it out because you know Doc Krupp over there—he drives a hard bargain. Gets a tough day over there, but you learn a lot. Now I'm here today to watch a true professional working his magic. <laughs> well, I tell you what—it is something to be in the presence of Doc Green. Tell you what, y'all are privy to something special, and it's even more special for me to be able to sit in here and to experience it firsthand. It's like being in front row at a Van Halen concert. You ever had that experience, Doc? I have never been front row at a Van Halen concert. In fact, I've never been to a Van Halen concert. Last concert I went to, and it's been a long time, was Grand Funk. Wow. And uh, I did I did get uh, ninth row at, at the Grand Funk concert, and uh, I think I got an autographed drum head around here somewhere that I, I got from that. Got, but, this uh, place is a museum of musical history. Uh, we love that stuff. So anyway, I'm going to play a little music uh, from... Uh, from a guy that I know very well. I hope you guys enjoy it. And then we're going to get down to some news. Oh, wait a minute. I Those didn't do that. Moves. I didn't do that fast enough. That was my problem. Moves or news? Moves. Well, I said I said news, but that sounded like a moves. I don't know. Obviously, it was going to that be good sounds, Texas music. You that know? sounds so, better, uh, yeah. Uh... So anyway, now we're going to, we're going to get to this yet. And... Uh, and make it happen. That's a gentle I, reminder I to have a it. glass of milk today before you go to bed, right, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little bit of music here that uh, some of you guys uh, probably have not heard, and that's the wrong one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to that. So stir it up are. a little bit, Doc. There we are. So I'm doing it. It's nice to be here. If you know this band. Playing in the 
music and of course uh, that was dave miley on uh guitar there playing that fine les paul and uh troy nykar was the drummer in that band troy nykar one of the one of the finest drummers uh that i've ever worked with and that was me on bass and vocals so that was my band from back in 19 i don't know it's like 1993 we recorded that at a place called double t's right here in houston i think they're probably still around but nonetheless Getting to another story here, a uh, a guy shouting uh, Aloha Snack Bar went into the Louvre and started killing folks over in France, yeah, yeah, and uh, Aloha Snack Bar, whatever he's saying, but uh, anyway, it turns out that he kind of picked a bad time to do this. He was brandishing a machete, and he had a couple of knives, but uh, the cops showed up, four soldiers showed up. And uh, they shot that son of a bitch. They shot him good. And uh, consequently, he didn't make it out of there. Now, the French uh, Prime Minister, Bernard Cazeneuve, I got to get my French back, has called the attack a terrorist in nature. He doesn't want to call it outright a terrorist attack, you understand, because they don't want to make the Muslims mad. They're really worried about that over there in France, Joe. They're suffering so much over there. I know, I know. Give them, give them a break, people. Come on. Come but on. it's coming here. What? Come it on It's coming here because Islam is making its way into Texas. You're talking about that civilization jihad stuff again? It's exactly what it is. I mean, you look at France. The reason I read that story is because you look at France and you see what happened there. It's coming here. Now, sadly, uh, I'm weeping as I say this, a uh, mosque burned down in Victoria. Heard about that. They don't have any leads. I just hope that some guy didn't put on a burqa and pretend to be a Muslim. Because, you know, if a guy put on a burqa and he goes up and he sets that place on fire, you you can't see what's under the burqa. You don't have any idea who that is under there. No way to identify that. I just hope that some guy in a burqa didn't go over there and burn that place down. And I, I certainly hope that anyone listening to my show doesn't get any ideas about putting on a burqa and going and wrapping bacon around the handles of, of some uh, mosque or spilling big blood on the steps, anything like that. Because, first of all, it would be a sin for a man to put on a burqa. And the other thing is, I mean, to be fair, you don't, you don't want to do that because that make, might make the Muslims suspect other Muslims. 
you know, that might be doing these nefarious things to their mosque. I don't want it to be like it is over there in Sweden where these mosques are burning down everywhere and the police can't find any leads. I, I don't want that to happen here in Texas. So just get the idea out of your head of putting on a burqa and going and burning some mosque down. Just don't even think about that, okay? I'm telling you, don't think about it. Don't waste the pork either. Come on. No, I mean, we hate to waste the bacon or, I don't know, pig's blood is not much use for anything, but we hate to waste any of that stuff. So I'm just telling you right now, don't do it. Don't do it. So these Muslims, they're going in here, they're doing these terrorist attacks. They say they're doing God a favor, you know, by doing all this. But all you got to do is take a look at France. You take a look at Germany. You take a look at, at Holland. Uh, and you look at how the Muslims are there. Let us not forget that a bunch of Muslims blew up the train system in London. That's right. Let us not forget that some Muslim raghead doctor uh, shot up Fort Hood back when it was illegal for Fort Hood soldiers to arm themselves. He even had a card, didn't he? Yeah. Calling card. Coming yeah. for you. But uh, that stuff's got to stop. I was going to say, you got a long list, Doc. I don't know if we're going to have enough time for you to recall all those events. Well, look, I can't even begin to go through it, but don't forget the Christmas party. Oh, yeah. You know, where the, where the Muslims uh, that, that, that came here legally shot up that Christmas party because they don't like the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Killed all those people. Would have killed more, except for the cops finally took them out. Uh, what about the uh, all, all of the poor homos that got shot up down there in uh in Florida. Yeah, I got some question on that one. I saw some footage on that. I don't even believe that one really happened. What about, did you already mention Garland? Well, in Garland, Texas. The cool part about Garland, Texas, you know, they had the big art contest up there. Pamela Geller yeah. uh, said, I want to see who can draw a picture of the Prophet Muhammad the best. And some Muslims out of Arizona, because they couldn't find any Texas Muslims with enough guts to do it, went up there and said, we're going to go up there and kill them infidels. And uh, so they arrived up there, and they began to kill infidels. That is, they got their weapons out and were prepared to do it. What they didn't know was the government was already in place. There were government snipers in place. And they were looking for exactly that sort of thing. And so consequently, these guys didn't even get a round off before they were dead. I mean, you know, as soon as they picked up that rifle and started to put their finger on the trigger, their heads exploded in, in a pink mist. So uh, there was a local Dallas cop that got credit for that shooting, uh, but I've been told by other sources that that's not exactly how it happened, that there were some, some Fed forces in place to take care of that. So we know what kind of people Muslims are. We know what kind of things Muslims do. Now, some of you guys out there may still think, well, there are some good Muslims. But I have to remind you, and I'm sorry to repeat this for my regular listeners. You've heard it a million times, but every day we have new listeners on the Doc Green Show. So I have to repeat this for you. Islam, the first tenet of Islam, you have to kill all of the Jews for they are Jews. The second tenet of Islam, you have to kill all of the Christians for they are infidels. The third tenet of, of Islam, you have to kill all of the other non-Christians because they are infidels. The third or fourth element of Islam, you must kill all of the bad Muslims. Any Muslim who is not a good Muslim as you are must also be killed. And then when you finally get down to it in the last day, there are going to be two Muslim imams. They're going to be sitting there looking at each other. And, one of them, and they're both think, thinking the same thing as they're looking at each other. So, 
I'm a pretty good Muslim, but I'm not sure about you. Have you seen some of the footage of some of their uh, coaches or their speakers, their Imans over there? If you don't believe this is coming, all right, it's coming. And these guys are preaching hate, nothing but hate, nothing but hate. That's, That's what they're doing. That's all they are, and that's all they can do. So the only way that Islam becomes the religion of peace is on that last day when those two imams are facing off and one of them kills the other one, then there will be peace. Unfortunately, there will only be one man left alive on the earth at that point, and procreation between him and the goat probably ain't going to happen. I guess he's just going to have to start the whole evolution process again. That's it. That's it. The monkeys have to start making men. I don't know. Anyway, one of the sharpest criticisms that come against guys like me that frequently quote the Bible is that I am a hypocrite. What? I want to assure you that that is true. I am a hypocrite. So are you. Everybody in the world is a hypocrite on some level. Yep, yep, yep. Now, some people use the fact, well, I don't go to church because there's too many hypocrites in the church. But I, I'm saying if you're letting hypocrites keep you a hypocrite out of the church, well, it's maybe not a good idea. But to give an example, as Dr. Michael Brown has said, uh, for instance, no-fault homosexual divorce in the, event, in the evangelical church has done more to undermine marriage than all of the homosexual activists combined. He said... We conservative believers hardly have a monopoly on hypocrisy. To the contrary, Bible-quoting hypocrisy of the liberal left has been far more galling than our conservative Christian hypocrisy, for we, in our part, truly believe the Bible to be the Word of God and seek to live by it, failing at times, as I frequently do. Uh, I have to get up every day and ask for forgiveness for everything I did the night before. Don't look at me. You make me feel guilty. So it's just, it's true. I've read the Bible through more times than I can count. I know what is in there. I do my best to follow it. And quite frankly, every day I get up with the idea that today is going to be the day and I am not going to sin this entire day. And sometimes, I mean, well, you know, it's a prayer that I've said before and other people have said it before. You know, I get up and and I'm praying to God and say, God, so far today, I have not hated anybody. I have not thought about killing anybody. I have not thought about defrauding anybody or stealing anybody, uh, stealing their stuff. I've I've not thought uh, inappropriately about some member of the opposite sex. So far today, I got a perfect score. Well, except for the parking ticket. Well, this is this is what I say to God. But in a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> So wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, that's the way it is. You know, it's it's virtually impossible. Uh, you know, if you're going to live, everybody likes to talk about the Ten Commandments. Uh, I assure you that if anybody could actually keep the first commandment, the rest of them would be superfluous. Because the first commandment is, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all thy mind, all of thy soul, and all of thy strength." Well, once again, that goes back to me getting out of bed. You know, I do pretty good for about the first 30, 40 seconds of my day, and then after that, it kind of goes to hell. But I do the best that I can, and nobody can keep even the first commandment. So we are all hypocrites on some level, but because you don't proclaim to be a Christian or you don't ascribe to the Bible doesn't make you necessarily less of a hypocrite. So liberals often despise the authority of Scripture except for those few select passages that they like to use against conservatives. They're real big on those. So this has come into clarity recently with the president's executive order concerning refugees. All of a sudden, Hollywood elite and all their liberal colleagues are quoting the same book 
that they openly mock every other hour of the day and every day of the week, especially when it comes to these moral and spiritual standards. But you can't have it both ways because either God's Word has authority or it doesn't. There's no halfway. And you can't accept any of its moral imperatives in one place and then reject them in another because it does not work. So a critic might say that if you pick and choose the verses you follow, you might be a hypocrite. So anyway, we have a grid as Christians when we read the Bible, and it's a grid that's given to us by the Bible itself, and we use other scripture to interpret to interpret scripture. For example, we learn that God gave Israel certain laws that separated them from the nations, and even though those laws were based on moral, were not based on moral absolutes. A good example would be, for instance, uh, don't wear garments with mixed fabric. That's Leviticus 19.19 and Deuteronomy 22.11. And though there is nothing morally wrong about doing so, it was simply wrong for Israel because God was teaching them that I have order and I have things that I want you to do and I want you to become separate from the other nations. You are my chosen people. Is it a heaven and hell issue? Absolutely not. But God was trying to form a people. Did that work? How many nationalities in the world can trace their lineage all the way back to day one? And the answer is only the Jews. Only the Jews. Because they have followed those commands. Go anywhere in the world, get a Torah. I don't care if you go to Russia. I don't care if you go to China. I don't care if you go to South America. Get a copy of the Torah from the temple, and you will find that they are 99.9% exactly the same. Is that and, and all Torahs have to be hand copied. They don't use court. They don't use copiers. They have to be hand copied. Does that happen by accident? Kind of like the evolution thing. Kind of like the evolution thing. No, it can't happen by accident. So God's got to have a hand in this. Mm. So while Christians today are not obligated to keep the law of the Jew, indeed in the New Testament, where they're having the discussion, they Paul, a Jew's Jew, aka Saul. Uh, a member of the Sanhedrin, a guy who grew up in the school of Gamaliel, the same teacher that, by the way, also taught the law to the Lord Jesus Christ himself when he was a young man. Uh, Paul said the only thing that we're going to hold the Gentiles to when they get saved is that they abstain from eating blood, the blood of animals. And that's pretty much it. So that, they, they don't have to keep the law. He said, we're crying out loud, we as Jews, we can't even keep the law. Why did we have the law? Well, the law was a taskmaster, a schoolmaster, if you will, to demonstrate the perfection that God requires and also demonstrate that there's no possible way that man can keep the law. There's no way that we can keep from sinning. Therefore, we require grace, hence the blood of Jesus Christ. So, all these left-wing uh, hypocrites that are quoting the Bible out there to suit them, well, they don't have a grid like that. They learn one or two verses, snippets of verses even, and they quote them with a smug self-assurance without even realizing the book they're selectively quoting condemns the very lives they're living. So for a number of years, their favorite verse has been, don't judge. But uh, they don't read the rest of it. Don't judge, lest ye also be judged. So it doesn't say don't judge. It just warns you that if you are going to judge, then that also brings you under uh, 
under the same judgment. What they fail to realize, Jesus was trying to teach us not to judge superficially or hypocritically and not to condemn so that we could judge righteously rather than by superficial appearances. So I want to deal also, as I'm running out of time, this is a much longer article than I wanted to get into, but uh, I want to do this. A lot of people like to say, well, you Christians, you're so self-righteous. That's wrong. A true Christian understands that he is so imperfect, there is no possible way he could ever please God. He's got to go to the book of Acts, the first sermon ever preached in the Christian church by the Apostle Peter, where the people that were unsaved, that were non-Jews, asked Peter, he said, what must we do to be saved? And he said, well, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is to you, your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. The entire plan of salvation in one verse right there. The, uh, that's all we need to know, and, and it's just that simple. We know that we can't keep the law, therefore we can only be saved by grace. So we, we have to accept that. And I want to get into the rest of this a lot later, but you see, that makes us not self-righteous. We understand that we depend on the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way we can be saved. I can't be good enough. Who are the self-righteous? The ones who say, I do not need God to live a good life. That, my friend, is self-righteousness. So anyway, as is my want, I like to get out of here, and I like to play you guys a little bit of music every day when, I, when I'm doing this, and, and uh, we're going to do that again here today. We're going to be back on Monday doing it again. A little bit more music from the Doc Holiday Band. Dave Miley on guitar, Doc Green on bass and vocals, and Troy Dakar on drums. Recorded live at Double T's back in about 1993. The song is by Pink Floyd, but it's me and Dave and Troy playing it. Dave Nykar is just a monster. This is recorded live, no overdubs. This is it. Dave on vocals. Sounds like Pink Floyd until we start singing.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. Today is Friday, February 3rd, 2017. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. There are a lot of things to talk about. Someone was telling me today they were listening to Rush Limbaugh on the news, and he's there. He says, I was all prepared to do the program, all, and I'm ad-libbing, of course. This is, you know, what someone told me. He's a, and he was going on about how he was so prepared for the program, but the news is changing so quickly that he has to throw out all his prepared stuff because it's all old news already. Yeah, <laughs> he I know. He says less than 24 hours. He says I have my, I have all my reports ready to go, and he says I have to change them because everything has changed already, and uh, that's true. Because this morning I was thinking about listening about reports and looking up things. I was like, yeah, I, okay, I've got the. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, that doesn't even apply anymore because it's changed. And uh, so it's uh, we're here to keep you up to date. We'll take that. 
load off your shoulders uh, as far as uh, keeping you updated on the financial news and uh, some of the political news as well. So um, let's get right to gold and silver today. And let me pull it up here. I, Al and I were talking prior to the few minutes prior to the program and uh, didn't have my gold prices up ready to go, but I am now up 330 for gold today, 12.1970, 12.1970. Silver, a little pressure, two cents, nothing to sneeze about, 17.54, shouldn't keep you from buying silver. Platinum, up $3 at 1005, palladium down 8 at $753. The USDX today down 0.03 at 99.79, crude oil up 0.30 at 53.84. If I was a betting person, <laughs> I'd be going long on on crude oil. Crude oil is going to spike. Crude oil is going to be close to 100, I'd say in the next well, maybe not 100 in the next six months, but it's going to be higher in six months than it is today, a lot, a much higher. And let's see what we say. It's the stock market, the paper prices today. Dow, back up over 20,185 points, 20,070. The NASDAQ up 30 at 5,666. S&P up 16 at 22.97. Ten-year yield up 0.02 at 2.49 percent. The euro is also higher, 0.15 at 108. European and Asia markets basically unchanged, flat overnight. And so we had the S&P nearly topping its record high, and of course uh, it was all boosted by gains in the financial shares, as. Donald Trump moved ahead with deregulation um, in the financial markets and the strong payroll reports. Let's start with at that. U.S. employers added the most workers in four months, but you still had wage growth that slowed more than projected. January's 227,000 increase in payrolls followed the 157,000 rise in December. Uh, this is from the Labor Department. Jobless rate rose to 4.8% and average hourly earnings grew 2.5% from January 2016 and this is the weakest since August. Uh, Russell Price, Ameriprise Financial out of Detroit. He says there's more slack in the labor market than the unemployment rate implies, but we're continuing to make progress in absorbing this slack, blah, blah. That's what What else would you expect someone from the Meriprise Financial <laughs> Company say? Construction. Uh, the January results helped by construction. Uh, let's see, 36,000 increase in construction payrolls was the largest since March. Revisions. To the previous two months subtracted a total of 39,000 jobs from payrolls. November's gains was cut to 164,000 from 204, while December's change, you know, rose by a thousand. So, big drop in November's uh, payroll numbers. The particip participation rate 
which shows the share of working-age people in the labor force. That increased to a four-month high of 62.9%, and it's been hovering close to the lowest level in more than three decades. Government employment fell by 10,000, with state and local agencies subtracting 14,000, and federal payrolls adding 4,000. Factory payrolls, uh, factory payrolls rose by 5,000 after an 11,000 increase the previous month. Let's see if there's anything else interesting in that. Uh, retail was up and so forth. I don't think you need to have the breakdown by each. Wage gains. Um, the gain in average hourly earnings over the 12 months ended in January was less than the 2.7% median forecast. Um, Overall wage gains were depressed by a 1% drop in pay in financial industries. The average work week for all workers was unchanged at 34.4%. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary nominee, said that uh, they should start using the U5 rate as an alternative indicator, and they probably should. And the U5 rate... Um, would show a 5.8% in January from 5.7% in December, um, but it includes discouraged workers as well as a, a group called marginally um, attached workers who aren't, work, who aren't working or actively looking for work but want a job. So uh, the underemployment rate, which includes part-time workers who prefer a full-time position and people who want to work but have given up looking rose to 9.4%, from 9.2. So that's the number they want to use instead of the, uh, I think it's, what is it, the U3 that they're using right now. Um, yes. Financial. He took a pen. Uh, we saw that uh, the markets were already rejoicing on the dismantling of the Dodd-Frank reform of Wall Street. He signed, uh, Trump signed an executive order today that sets this deregulation effort in motion. Some of the details or details of the order were not immediately available, but the action, action wasn't expected to make immediate changes to financial regulations. Um, Trump said that today we are signing core principles for regulating the United States financial system. He says he wants to roll back Dodd-Frank to free up banks to lend to American businesses. Of course, this order came after he met with a team of all-star CEOs on his advisory council, and that included Jamie Dimon. He's good buddies with Jamie Dimon. He says, there's nobody better to tell me about Dodd-Frank than Jamie. Yeah, because <laughs> Jamie had to pay a few fines because he went against the old Dodd-Frank and did a little bit of gambling there in which he shouldn't have got caught and has little fingers smacked. But uh, um, Gary Cohen, another former Goldman Sachs uh, president, said um, he served as the face of the administration's Dodd-Frank efforts uh, today um, until they really release everything that's going on. But we pretty much know the areas that they want to really attack, if not all of it. And um, I didn't know if you had anything to say on that uh, um, today, Al. No, I have, I have no comment, Melody. 
have decided to become a politician or perhaps a CEO. And when these these kind of subjects come up, no comment. Well, some of the Dodd-Frank could be adjusted by Trump through executive orders. Others would require Congress. A bill sponsored by Republicans called the Financial Choice Act would eliminate the Volcker Rule, which bans banks from making risky bets with their own money, and also the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, um, which is a watchdog um, that is actually uh, had gone after the big banks like Wells Fargo. Um, what's interesting is Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary, says that he thinks that it's uh, it's worthwhile to keep the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, but he thinks it should be funded by Congress, not the Federal Reserve. So it would hurt their independence a little bit. Um, the Federal Reserve's independence? No, this agency, it's the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Okay. It's funded now by the Federal Reserve. Mnuchin thinks it should be funded by Congress, which would which would eliminate some of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's independence. I think we should make the Mexicans pay for it right along with the wall. Well, I think these are really big deals. And, you know, whether you agree with Obama and so forth or whatnot, some of these regulations did go into, you know, because these big banks, the two big-to-fail banks, um, you know, they got away with murder. They put a lot of people at risk. Well, I understand. A lot of people I mean, lost money. They need yes, to be regulated. They need to be regulated. I don't they think need they to be regulated because any notion that you can trust people that have billions of dollars is just absurd. You don't get that kind of money by being a Boy Scout. Uh, you know, there's an old saying at the, at the foundation of every great fortune, there's a great crime. Now, I'm inclined to believe that's true in most instances. There may be exceptions, but I'd bet you that 90% of the time you, you, you follow the money trail and you're going to find some dead bodies, or figuratively speaking, you're going to find dead bodies. I don't know what you're going to find exactly. You don't come to that kind of money just because you're brilliant, you because hard. you could, you worked hard and the rest of that. This, the, the, you know, these people need to be regulated, and when they say, oh, we're bankers, you can trust us. Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind, trust bankers? you gotta be, you got to be nuts. And insofar as if Trump is going to deregulate banking, it's just going to make for trouble. All right? These people are not to be trusted. They're going to push us into another Lehman moment. Watch and see. They're going to do something. They've got some. They've got some clever idea, some genius where we could do this, and we could we could rob, we could steal an extra hundred million dollars or whatever. It's going to blow up in their faces, and we're going to we will rue the day that we deregulated banking. But also by deregulating the banks at this point in time, it's going to give a boost to the economy, and everybody's going to think, hey, yeah, you know, now these guys are doing the same type of trading as what got us into the problem in two thousand eight. Although. Mm -hmm. 2008 was just a symptom of the original problem. And, I mean, they've just, you know, every recession we've had, we never came out of any of the recessions. The recessions were um, cured by debt. And that just kept growing and growing and growing. So we never really came out of any of the recessions. It just gave us an illusion. The government is great at creating illusions. 
And um, so, again, you know, but, uh, yeah, it'll seem like, you know, it'll seem like all these things are perfect, and it'll seem like this new administration is doing wonders. And in the meantime, you know, let, let's let's keep a watch on derivatives. Let's keep a watch on, you know, some of these other things that will continue to grow and get out of hand. And uh, if the economy allows us to get that far, um, you know, when you, when you hear about, uh, you know, the lines uh, being drawn and, I don't know, I don't know. Does Iran have sand? I don't know. But you know, when you you know when you hear the things that are the heat that is being increased on new sanctions on Iran over their missile tests and um, Navy destroyers sent to patrol to you know tensions and you know it kind of makes you wonder uh, which is going to come first, um, war or or the collapse or one will create the other. There are people who believe, and we may get to it today, there's there's one article we have to talk about where Ernest Hemingway was quoted. He was saying, government has two ways of getting out of recession and or depression. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. One is inflation and the other one is war. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you're, in a, if you're in a financial bind, uh, we have just the solution for you. And it's either inflation, which will make your savings worth less, and your retirement will be more impoverished, or if you don't like inflation, we could give you war, which might get you killed. <laughs> so what are we going to do here, Melody? Inflation or war? Or do you think do you think Hemingway knew what he was talking about? Well, I think we already have inflation, and uh, um, I mean, certainly not to the degree that a lot of people expect and, and and so forth but if we rem remember we talked about those four cycles yesterday and if you follow along those four cycles of 80 years and war is is programmed um we're there so you would have to say war um and i don't think war really gets us out of bad times i just think you know, it generates some sort of, uh, but usually apparent economic goes, stimulus. But, but usually, it's based when on governments debt, go to war, it goes to to, yeah, it goes deeper in debt. Yeah. So no, I I don't think if I had to choose one or the other, it would be inflation. But then they're both temporary until you actually have a collapse and you have a fixing of the system. And how will we fix it? You tell us. And when we, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to be this. I, I am unable to imagine how they're going to solve the problems they have in a way that is reasonable and intelligent and painless. So, well, all we have to do is we just have to adjust the unemployment rate or the inflation rate, and then presto change, everything will be working just fine. No, we won't. This thing is fundamentally flawed. It's like having an automobile that doesn't, no longer has a distributor on it. Um, you're going down the hill, but there's no distributor. Guess what? It's not going to be solved by hitting the gas or hitting the brake. There's a problem here, and it's going to be a pain. There's, it's not going to be easily. will be resolved easily or painlessly, and I don't see how anyone can get around it, although they've been able to postpone it for a number of years and hard to say how long they can put off 
what may be what strikes me as inevitable. I think one re one way they've been able to extend our our, our problem, and again, it, it's not a complaint of this administration, but there was at least a consistency. There was a um, a quiet. It, there it was. Um, you just didn't go against the stream of things, I guess. Now you, you now you have an administration that's just shaking things up. And I agree with a lot of the, the items that have been addressed already. I mean, I'm in agreement with them. Uh, but with that is and comes um, instability. And so... Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, everyone can... I, I am encouraged by seeing Donald Trump on the White House. I am encouraged, you know, despite what I know to be true, what I believe to be true about the fundamentals in this economy. You look at the fundamentals, and there is no reason to be encouraged. You look at Donald Trump and the reaction he's getting out of much of the country, there is reason to be encouraged. Now, how do we weigh that? And make an accurate prediction of what's coming. We'll talk more in a moment. Melody and I will be right back on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned. and you are really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage, was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
Peace. I'm Alfred Addis, here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. You know, Al, we, we talked yesterday about this administration, all eyes are focused, and, and it's like entertainment, and it really is. I mean, that's almost what's being presented as entertainment, it's just not people that are interested in the changes and, and in the policy changes and, and how it's going to affect them and so forth. I think people were watching. I mean, it is that, it, and, and it's coming from the administration as entertainment to some degree. And it's just like. Well, this is what happens when you do TV programs. See, these people are interested in ratings. Well, they should do radio, then. They're ratings. That's what they're doing, and that's how they know whether they're doing a good job or not. Are people watching the uh, the Donald Trump show? And if they are, well, then you know, if it's working, great. And if it's not, then we have to fire somebody. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I have no complaint about Trump. I am concerned at times. It looks, I don't see how he can sustain the level of activity that, that we've seen in the first two weeks of this administration. He's got something new a couple of times a day. And on the one hand, it's refreshing, it's exhilarating, it's yay, hooray, they're actually doing something. They're trying to do something, at least. On the other hand, how long can this be sustained? I'm not sure. Um, I'm so not we'll so watch sure and see. I'm not even so sure that there's so much new change. It's just that there's so many people that are talking and are involved. It gives you the illusion that all this stuff is, you know, it's so chaotic and everything. I mean, you have how many people in that administration, advisors and so forth, you know, the, the, the talking heads that are on all the programs and making statements to the media in addition to Trump and so forth. So it really seems like there's a lot going on, but you strip away all the conversation and you look at exactly what is being done. I mean, a lot of those executive orders, just like, I believe just like Obamacare, it's like, no, I'm not sure it was Obamacare. It was in one of the executive orders where it was just, this will give you, you know, this executive order is, you know, to find out, what we have to do to do this and this and that. And, you know, you have all these demonstrations across, across the country, but I don't think anybody, I saw it once in the news, anybody talk about the people up in North Dakota, they were arrested. They were having peaceful demonstrations on private property, and they get arrested. <laughs> the people in Berkeley, you know, they break things. This is just a hold. This is just a holdover from the old cowboys and Indians. Is that what it is? That's what it was. We we just routinely routinely arrest the Indians. Well, but the thing, the point is, you know, they get arrested. They were peaceful demonstrators. They were in private property, you know. But yet, for the for the pipeline, you know, let's get them moved and let's get that pipeline built. So you know what? I don't know. It's yeah, we'll watch and see. I mean, it's exciting, it's exhilarating, but we will see if we live to regret it. You know, I have lived to regret George W. Bush. I thought he was a good but thing when he ran for office. I, did, I didn't vote I for any of them. I didn't I supported vote for any of them. I supported I was glad to see Obama get elected. I thought that was going to be interesting. <laughs> So it just goes to show I I've been disappointed. Admit, I wouldn't the last 16 years of presidents have disappointed me considerably. 
And in fact, you can throw in Clinton. He just he disappointed me. And George Bush Sr. I didn't get anything out of that. Last time I had a president that I thought anything of was Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and that may be only because I didn't really know what was going on. So <clears throat> there is a persistence. <laughs> it's like Christmas. You know, I'm still waiting for that, that pony that I was looking for back when I was five years old. And, and it still hasn't come in on Christmas. So... Uh, I'm kind of used to being disappointed around Christmas because I don't get the pony, even though I look forward to it. Yay, Christmas. Uh, something like that has happened persistently with presidents, and I hope it doesn't happen with Trump. But if it does, I will not be surprised. I won't be shocked. I'll say, well, you know, what do you expect? <clears throat> so we'll see. And and I do have to make a mention. Uh, in fact, uh, I got an email. Mnuchin isn't trusted. Treasury Secretary yet, and that is true. His, nom- his nomination was sent to the full Senate, but you know, but he still is acting in capacity as though he is. Well, it's okay with me. I don't even know. Secretary of the Treasury, what do they do? You know, what do any of them do? <laughs> Well, it's an interesting point, though. You know, I mean, the Federal Reserve, which is a private entity, basically handles our currency. And I wonder, what does the Secretary of Treasury really do? Uh, Keep an eye on our supply of gold to make sure that we have all the bars that we claim to have? Does he do that? Uh, I know that he's in in charge of running the printing presses, so far as I can understand. I, I believe that's correct. But all they do is print the currency, and they sell it to the Federal Reserve at cost. Then the current and the Federal Reserve lends it back to the government at, you know, at face value. It's what well, does the Secretary of Treasury do? Is that like being like being the vice president? No, they're basically an economic advisor to the president. I mean, they certainly have some, you know, critical roles in you know trying to, you know, they they address the. You know, fiscal policies of of the government. Um, Actually, the the Secretary of the Treasury is fifth in the United States presidential line of succession. So, um, I don't know what their day-to-day, I can't give you every little duty there, um, so forth, but um, they do sign the notes. They do sign the Federal Reserve notes. Their name is. Oh, on that's the, yeah. Yeah. Does he sign every one of them? Are they all? They, uh, they does sign. he sign them all, Melody, one by one as they come off the press? Does he sit there? They, that's a, that would be a full time job, probably signing all of those individual notes. Um, but I probably he doesn't do that, huh? But you know what's interesting is they used to have a lot of departments that were um, assigned to the Treasury. <laughs> No, new, new, like I think the Homeland Security was. I don't think they are anymore for many years, but uh, um, you know they've all been reassigned. But well, U.S. Treasury because the government grows, you got to have all these different departments. I think the U.S. Treasury made perfect sense when we had a gold and silver-based currency. They had something to do then. But right now, I get the impression they are something like a figurehead. I know they go around and they. I, I assume that they're in, in charge of enforcing counterfeiting laws, and um, there's some investigations to be run and the rest of this sort of thing. But Just once we manage- got off that gold and silver, I think they began to do what, where is their relevance? They're supposed to manage the public debt. 
<laughs> They've done a good job there, haven't they? Yeah, right. If they mean maintain the public debt, well, yeah, that's pretty good. But have they even told us what the true size of the public debt is? I mean, how do we manage the debt when we when we don't even know for an absolute fact what the what are the dimensions of the debt? Is it only twenty trillion, as they allege? Hundred trillion, as John Williams alleges? Two hundred trillion, as Congressional Budget Office and economist Lawrence Kotlikoff uh, alleges? What is the true size of the debt? We should know that. You know, there's something we should be able to get straight numbers out of the government. There shouldn't be. You know, and I don't know, maybe the 20 trillion is the legitimate number. I don't believe it myself. I'm more inclined to believe John Williams and or the Congressional Budget Office and Lawrence Kotlikoff. I'm inclined to believe the debt is largely concealed. The real dimension of the debt, including unfunded liabilities, is largely concealed from the American people. But we ought to be able to get that number. You know, how can we decide who do we want, who we want to elect and who are who do we want to reelect when we don't even know the dimension of the national debt? That would make a difference. If I knew what the true size of the national debt was, it would be easier for me to decide who I might want to vote for and who I would definitely be voting against. Who do we hold, hold accountable? And what's going to happen if it turns out that Williams is correct, for example, and the true size of the national debt is five times greater than is being officially reported? Who's going to take the heat for that? This isn't like saying a rounding error. We may, oh, you know, we, we allege the debt was $20 trillion and 50 cents and that it was actually $20 trillion and 75 cents. No, we're talking about potentially the debt, the debt could be anywhere from five to ten times greater than is being officially claimed by the government. And this is a little bit, this reminds me of the allegations that the, the uh, the military, the Pentagon, has somehow misplaced $9 trillion. Whether it's true or false, I don't know. But the numbers are so enormous and nobody seems to pay any attention. We don't need to know that. There's nothing, nothing, nothing to pay attention to here, folks. Just move along, nothing to see. Wait a second. Maybe $9 trillion has disappeared. Who got it? It didn't just disappear. It's in somebody's bank account. Or maybe 100 people's bank accounts. I don't know where it went, but someone should care about that, and someone should be doing something about it. And so far as I can see, it should be doing something if only to verify that, no, there's not $9 trillion missing. But so far as I know, no one's doing anything. It's uh, no big deal. It's only half a year's uh, gross national product, gross domestic product for half a year. What 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 happened to cheat. the Queen of Mean? I don't. I can't cheat. think of her name. Who was it? She ran. She ran all the hotels. She ran the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name right now. Queen of Mean. They they called her. Beasley? No, not Beasley. No, no, no. We have the Le- Leona, Leona Helmsley. Helmsley. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if I understand correctly, she was paying. Millions of dollars in taxes, but they put her in jail over a fifty thousand dollar discrepancy. <laughs> and, and the Pentagon has allegedly lost nine trillion dollars, and maybe 
maybe the national debt is 20 trillion or maybe it's 100 trillion or maybe it's 200 trillion we ought to be able to get i mean helmsley i she has to look at this and just shake her head and say my god it's just insane they jailed her for 50 grand and the pentagon is is short 9 trillion or at least alleged to be why can't we get honest numbers huh and I guess the reason is that it's important in to maintain to get... public confidence. And the only way to maintain maintain public confidence in this Ponzi scheme they have running is you got to lie, lie, lie. But for the good of the people, government has determined it's going to lie to us. And I'm just sitting back and saying it might be good for now, but we're going to pay a we're going to pay a price for all those lies. And somewhere along the line, this has to be, this is an attitude that we have to embrace. We have to sit back and recognize that we can't just lie about these things and somehow it's all going to work out. It should be against the law to lie about these numbers. It should be against the law to manipulate these numbers. Someone should pay, not a fine, jail time, five years, ten years, whatever. But there's got to be accountability if we're just going to sit back and laugh at the lies. I just, I am unable to see that things will work out. And maybe that's just me and my age and my, you know, the generation I come from. There's people that are seem just, <laughs> who cares about the size of the debt? We just laugh at that, you know, no big thing. Doesn't count for anything. Just an illusion. The debt's an illusion. The derivatives are illusion. Profit margins are illusions, all illusions. It doesn't matter. As long as we have faith in the illusions, we can get by. Well, Al, you said it. That's true. I don't think it's true. I mean, to get honest numbers, you have to have honest government, honest people. There's no more accountability in anything. You can, I mean, there's no, I mean, you can do anything you want. Remember when it also, if it feels good, do it. Um, There's, there's, there's no, you know, people murder people, take their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They get out in two years. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, you know, there's no right and wrong anymore. Yeah, there's a problem. You know, there, there's justifications for lying. There's justifications for um, everything that is done wrong. Well, you know, it was, you know, this is why. It's just oh, accepted. Okay. It's, it's just, just accepted. accepted. And that's perhaps the most dangerous part, dangerous part of it. We have a moral, a loss of morality in the world. We don't expect... I don't know. I don't expect an honest president. After Bush and Junior, Senior, Clinton, uh, Barack, I don't expect an honest president. Now. That's wrong for it's me, everything. I guess. It's everything. It's everything. I know, I know, but it's just country. one example. It's just one illustration. We have, uh, so, you know, people say, somehow oh, well, we have to regain that expectation. Oh, it's okay for little white lies. No, it isn't. A lie is a lie. You, you you can't justify a little white lie as being okay. <laughs> it is what it is. It, it is black and white. And a lot of people don't think it's black and white. A lot of people think, oh, no, there's gray. No. It's less, you know, no. It should be black or it should be white, and that's it. I mean, and as soon as you start adding gray, well, then you start, you know, things all thing becomes confused. As becomes difficult confusing. as it is to deal with black and white, and it's hard, harsh, very difficult. The truth of the matter is there is some gray in there. There's some gray in all of it. But when you 
except the gray. And you say, well, that's fine. We don't need black and white. We'll just get a fight with the gray. It's trouble, trouble, trouble. Here's an article from the cheat sheet, and it's, the headline is, How Much Money Does the Average American Have in Their Bank Account? And the answer is $4,436, at least according to a firm called Moab's Services. Uh, this is the amount that averages. It's the average in all the Americans' bank account. And it, includes, it includes Bill Gates, for example. It includes the billionaires. So on average, we have $4,436 in our bank account. And this is a big improvement uh, as compared to 2007, just prior, prior to the Great Recession. At that point, the Amer average American had only $788 in their checking account. And that included Bill Gates and everyone else. There was, which indicates as a nation, we are saving more than we did uh, nine years or 10 years ago. All right. Are Ten we years saving? ago, we had 788 no. average in the bank no, no, account. No, no. Today, we have 4,400 in the bank account. Another way to look at it out are the people like the Bill Gates are making more and more money. Oh, yeah. That has yeah. distorted the figure. It's like the people like the normal people of the country. No, uh, they, they probably save the 62% of Americans have less than 1,000 in savings. 21% don't have any savings. Uh, it's just how they're much trouble. We'll talk more about this when we return in a moment. A couple of commercials. Melody and I will be right back. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Yes, I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we were talking about an article from Cheat Sheet, right? And how much money does the American have, the average American have in their bank account? And on average, it's four thousand four hundred thirty-six dollars, according to uh, one report. Uh, and but that includes how much money Bill Gates has in the bank account and the billionaires and so on. And when you get it, they compare it to the two thousand seven, where on average, including Bill Gates and the billionaires, we had only seven hundred eighty-eight dollars and. That was just before the onset of what call what came to be called the Great Recession. So we're in better shape in theory. We're in better shape than we were in 2007 as a nation. But uh, again, according to the survey, 62% of Americans have less. In fact, the average is 4,400, but 62% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. About 21% don't even have a savings account. A report from the Federal Reserve in 2013, that would be four years old now, or three and a half years thereabouts, uh, 4,000 people were surveyed. And at that point, 31% of respondents reported having no retirement savings or pension, including 19% of those aged 55 to 64, and 25% didn't know how they will pay their expenses in retirement. I mean, I find that scary. I find that scary, and I know there's a lot of a fifth of the people in this country, 25%, quarter of the people, don't, quarter percent of the people apparently from nine, from 55 to 64 have no idea how they'll pay their expenses in retirement. I mean, this is this is evidence of a kind of collapse that's coming. What's going to happen when these people can't pay their bills? What are you going to do? I mean, this is a terrible, terrible, frightening number to my, and they close and they close in this article saying, for a lot of people, this means one thing. They're one or two missed paychecks away from being in a lot of trouble. And it's big trouble. You know, I can remember when I was a kid, didn't get it. it was never a problem. Get a job, wasn't a problem. I mean, you know, it might take you a week or two to get a job, but you could always get a job. That wasn't a problem. It is a problem today. And if you have a job, the threat of losing that job has to be, you know, cause of a certain amount of anxiety. And if you do lose the job, what then? You're not just going to walk down the street and get another job. It's not going to work that way. And without savings to back up the the majority of the people in this country, and I mean significant savings. I don't even care about $4,400. You got $4,400 That's your savings? You are in peril. You are in, you know, it, two, three months out of unemployed and you're, and you're flat broke. Then what? It does not bode well. This is the kind of number you look at it and you say, oh, my gosh. How did we get into circumstances like this? How did we become so vulnerable? And we certainly are. Bad things happen in the economy. There's going to be big, big trouble. And it's not just inconvenience. It will be real pain, real trauma. So, Melody, do you have more than $4,400 in your bank account? I will never huh? tell. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't think you I would. wouldn't make an announcement on the program. Uh-huh. But, folks, for those of you who want to protect your retirement accounts and so forth, don't forget, if you, you don't want to uh, take it out of your IRA, we do have gold and silver uh, IRAs. And so many of these places, these uh, you know, you hear them on TV and so forth, they, they slap you in these one-and-a-half-ounce silver coins and rounds and commemoratives and so forth. I mean, they just take you. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how how big they take you. And it all sounds fine and dandy, and everybody thinks, oh, I'm dealing with someone that's a big company. Ooh, 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 they'll protect me. No, they won't. Sometimes the bigger they are, the worse they are. Um, so be careful. But here at Discount Gold and Silver, we don't uh, – I recommend the same items uh, that I rec- recommend to my clients who take physical delivery of their gold and silver. You want to – because eventually I would like to think that you will take delivery of those items that are sitting in your uh, IRA in where the metals are stored at the depository. So uh, you do have choices. You do have options. Uh, as you get older and you begin to take your distri- uh, distributions and so forth. So give us a call at 800-375-4188. You can put gold eagles in there, silver eagles, Canadian maple leaves. You don't have to get all fancy. A lot of dealers like to push proofs. Yeah, and they're only benefiting themselves, people. What you, and particularly with an IRA, what you want for your IRA is to get as much gold and silver as possible uh, for your money. I mean, that's so, again, stay away from all this stuff that they're pitching and telling you, oh, it's from Canada, and uh, you know, you'll be protected because of confiscation and all this garbage. It's just amazing, all the garbage that's being delivered to the people from, from gold dealers and, and um, newsletter writers and so forth. So. Uh, but anyway, we do have the IRA available for you. You just give us a call. And I've been dealing with this country. They were one of the first ones, if not the first one, to offer the uh, the uh, uh, Precious Metals IRA, Gold Star. And so give us a call. Got an article from Ms. Shedlock's Global Economic Trend Analysis. And the headline is, Germany, a currency manipulator. China? Arguably, yes, under Bill Obama signed. Full-blown currency war on deck. All right. They want to call China a currency manipulator. Trump has called Germany a currency manipulator. But what does the term mean? And that's the point of this article. And it is an interesting question because how do they define China as a currency manipulator and Germany is a currency manipulator, and God knows who else are currency manipulators without also defining the U.S. government as a, as a currency manipulator. Because we can't very well criticize other countries for manipulating currency if we are doing the same thing. And insofar as the Federal Reserve is controlling interest rates and controlling the, the currency supply, they are currency manipulators. Uh, technically. But... There is now a definition from based on the Trade Facilitation and Trade Enforcement Act signed by Obama in 2015. There's a definition for currency manipulators. And the article I'm reading from, uh, Euro Intelligence explains via email, a currency manipulator is not what you think it is. And it's true. 
And it's all done with definitions. It's done in the same way that the government gives us a false evidence of what is the inflation rate, what's the unemployment rate. They give us false economic numbers. They give us bizarre definitions besides. And they have uh, this, this 2015 law. Uh, technical terms have precise meanings that don't necessarily agree with ordinary language meanings of the words and meaning what they're saying here is they can define words in ways that are contrary to our normal experience and it becomes legal all right and they get it and then they they went ahead and under the 2015 act it's re, it required the u.s treasury to draft criteria defining a country as a currency manipulator i've written an article on definitions back oh i don't know six months or a year ago i don't remember clearly but the article was entitled, Definitions are the Law of the Law. Huh? And the reason I say that is because virtually every word you deal with has multiple definitions. Get a dictionary. Open it up. See how many words you can find on any given page that have a single definition. There are such words, but they are few and far between. Most words have multiple definitions. It might mean this, might mean this, might mean this. And the point is, if you're going to read a law like thou shalt not kill, right? well, what does that law mean? Well, it depends on what the meaning of each of the words in the law is. And there are multiple possible meanings for each of those words. And the point is that if you don't know the definition of the word that's being used, you don't know what the law says. And... The definitions are the law of the law. They write a law. Okay, fine. It seems like you might know what the law means, but you have to know the definitions. They are the words that actually, and definitions, the point I'm trying to illustrate here is that definitions are crucial, crucial. This, this isn't just a matter of how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. This definition, it's big and important. And if you read the United States Code, for example, you go into Title 26, which deals with the income tax, or any other part of the code, there are multiple sections on definitions, and the definition in one section for a particular word may be different from the definition for that word as used in another section of the very same title of the United States Code. There are something like 95 definitions of the term United States in the United States Code. And out of those 95, there are half a dozen or 10 that are different. All right, so the, the balance of them, they define the United States under definition A at one point, and A under definition B at another point, and definition A at another at a, at a third point, and definition, they, not all of these definitions, all 95 are different. But there are 95 definitions for the term United States, and you would suppose that they would just have, look, United States means, and it means that at every, here's the definition for the term United States, and this is what it means every time you see it in the United States Code. But that's not true. The United States has multiple definitions, and depending on which one you are in, which United States are you part of right now? It sounds like a crazy question, but if you can answer that question, if you are in a one United States, you might be subject to paying income tax. In your, if you're in another United States, maybe not. 
depends on where you are, depends on what definitions you're using. And the only point I'm trying to illustrate is this business about definitions is profound. It's important. Um, so here's what they did in part. Uh, the criteria developed by the United States, States Treasury under Barack Obama that over the previous 12 months, the country that they're talking about, maybe we're going to call Germany a currency manipulator. In the last 20 or 12 months, that country has to be a major trading partner of the United States. All right? Well, one of the great things about that definition is that a major trading partner of the United States can't be the United States. We are, by virtue of the definition, we are exempting it. Well, we can't be a, contri a, a, concern, a, a currency manipulator because we are not a major trading partner of the United States because we are the United States. Here's a second one. Runs a significant trade surplus with the United States. Again, if a, concern, if a concern, uh, currency manipulator must be a nation that runs a significant trade deficit uh, surplus with the United States, the USA, the United States can't run a trade surplus with itself, and therefore the U.S. can't be labeled as a currency manipulator. Well, there are repeated instances uh, uh, it runs a material global account surplus, meaning more than three percent of the country's GDP. Uh, again, this exempts the United States, and it's just interesting to me to see how they, they contrive to put this together to say, oh, there, currency manipulator, over there, currency manipulator. And there's, they're going to point that finger, and by virtue of the definitions, the, diff, the, the finger will never point at the United States government or the United States dollar. We can't be currency. As defined, we can't be currency def, uh, manipulators. And I look at it, and it becomes an illustration of government acting in a way that's kind of childish, purely political. It's like calling somebody a doo-doo head. What does it mean if, it does, if the same criteria doesn't apply to everyone? What does it mean if some people are, are expressly exempted from some of these definitions? Uh, so it was just interesting to me to see them work in these definitions, taking advantage of public ignorance and empowering the government to say, oh, a current, look over there, a currency manipulator, a currency manipulator over there, under the bed, behind the desk. We have, we are surrounded by, there's a currency manipulator in the woodpile. This is just, this is fundamentally intended just to stir people up and say, oh, my God, there's currency manipulation. Eh, for God's sake. Except for us. We don't manipulate currency because we have defined it in a way that does not include us. This is more of the kind of fraud that's perpetrated against people. Again, we talked about it throughout the program. We have lost a certain moral foundation. I don't know, maybe we never had it, but at least it seemed like we did. And we certainly are not bashful about structuring our laws and our political statements in a way that deceive people. And that's what they're intended to do. They're not trying to clarify things where you can understand better. They're trying to bamboozle us and take advantage of our ignorance. And it's, 
it's an attitude among our politicians and leaders that has to be stopped, or it should be, ideally. They need to tell us the truth. It needs to be a habit, not an occasional, not if they're forced to do it, but they need to be ha- do it, tell us the truth habitually, and maybe we could work our way out of the problems we have. We're out of time for today. Thank you for listening. Melody and I will be back on Monday. Have a good weekend. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Todd, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is, let's see, Friday, February 3rd, 2017, about seven and a half minutes past 2 p.m. Pacific time. If that's where it is when you're at, we're live. Hey, um... The new number is not completely all set up yet, so it's not going to work. i, I got to answer it real quick, which I'm right here to do. So if you want to call in, give it a try, 855-355-1955. That's pretty easy. I mean, this one only took me one day to memorize, and I don't memorize things very well. 855-355-1955. A lot of fives. I guess that's what makes it easy to remember is because, you know, you only got to remember one number several times. So it's 855-355-1955. Give it a try. If you want to call in, that'll get you on the air. And let's see, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And... um uh, We uh, Everything you need to know about this network is there. And you'll see we also have a chat room, which is, uh, you know, people are in there. You can uh, participate in the show, or you can just go in there and socialize. Anyhow, so, uh, well, let's get to some things and stuff. I, I got some really, I, I got too much stuff. Okay, too much, too much to do, too much to cover here. For instance, you know, this is a big deal. Um, but here's the headline, and I'll, I'll, I'll go through a little of it, and then, you know, you're gonna have to look at it. Well, hey, why? I mean, unless you're trying to convince somebody who is like, uh, I don't know, dim-witted or thick-skulled or whatever you want to call them. You know, you don't need every little detail, but here it is. Water fluoridation now officially linked to brain harm and cognitive deficits. Huh. You know, the alternative media, especially the alternative health media, has been trying to tell people this forever. I mean, this is not new. Folks, you know, if the Internet was around when they came up with this harebrained scheme to dumb us all down and make us compliant little snowflakes, oh, wait, I think it's worked. It would have never happened because the Nazis, okay, hello, Nazis, no, not not the people everybody calls Nazis, the real Nazis, you know, the ones that lock people up in ghettos in Poland, okay? Yeah, they gave those people in those ghettos fluoridated water. Why? To keep them docile. That's why. Okay, so what's this? 19, what? 1940? Huh. Hey, guess what? That's like 75 years ago. Okay? They knew about it 75 years ago. And now it's official. Oh, well, then, there you go. A few weeks ago, the EPA 
was served with a Toxic Substances Control Act petition from a coalition of environmental, medical, and health groups, including national nonprofit Moms Against Fluoridation. This notice is calling on the agency to completely ban the addition of artificial fluoridation chemicals to public water supplies due to an astounding amount of evidence that proves the risks that the consumption of such chemicals pose to the brain. I used to sell a book here called Fluoride and the Atomic Bomb. So, folks, this, you know, this is this is another, oh, hey, breaking news, it's just discovered. No, it isn't. This is like saying, hey, we've got an idea. Wow, a new idea. Let's get out of the United Nations. Gee, yeah, yeah. well, there's people been out here protesting that for 25, 35, 55 years. But it's now it's a big new thing, right? No, it isn't. I mean, I'm glad these people are doing this, but geez, you know, don't act like, oh, now it's official. Oh, okay. The TSCA petition includes over 2,500 pages of scientific documents to support its claims that drinking water that has been fluoridated has the potential to cause profound harmful effects on the brain. These effects were not yet understood years ago when communities began adding fluoride and other chemicals to the municipal drinking water supply, which is a lie. Okay, that is a straight-out, bald-faced lie. Yes, they did. This information is not new. This information, the Nazis had this information for crying out loud. You know, all the Nazis that the United States government moved on into their government? You know, those Nazis? Yeah, they had all this information. They were using fluoride for that purpose. What you think? They were using it in the Polish ghettos because, well, we're trying to uh, cut down on dental decay. Yes, that's what we're doing as we're shooting these people dead and throwing them in ditches on the side of the road. We're worried about cavities. Sure. Yeah, that's it. You see, they did know, folks. These effects were understood. Listen to this bunch of crap. Science is now a lot more sophisticated than it was at the time. And the proper laboratory tools and technologies are now available to more accurately examine the brain in greater detail. You know... Are you kidding me? So the only way we believe anything is if somebody hooks up a, uh, a, a device to you and says, oh, well, look here. Uh, the device says, the device says, and so there it is. There it is, black and white. The device says, whereas uh, apparently the Nazis just fed people a bunch of fluoride and said, hey, look at them. They're stupid. They don't want to do anything. They're docile. Wow. Hey, look at that. Hey, let's use this crap, because that's what we want. We want these people stupid and docile. They can't figure anything out, and they don't want to do anything. Perfect. Oh, but science wasn't sophisticated enough. Well, they figured it out, didn't they? So the U.S. government's going to try to bamboozle us into thinking they've been feeding us dumbing down chemicals. Oh, we didn't know. Oh, B.S. they knew. Now, you might have not known, but they did. 
this is just, I, you know, stuff like this angers me to the point of, of really beyond what I ought to be because, hey, you know, whatever. Anyway, the petition reveals evidence of broad changes to the brain due to water fluoridation, such as IQ deficits, uh, neuroanatomical and chemical effects, and the dire concerns of the effects on the developing fetal brain. In the past, listen to this. This is mothers against fluoridation. In the past, in, in times past, when fluoridation was instituted, science only had the scalpel or basic X-ray technology, and we simply weren't able to access the brain in the way technology can today. So before we got all this technology, you couldn't tell when somebody used to be smart until you started feeding them crap and now they're stupid? You couldn't tell that before? Well, somehow the Nazis figured it out. Because this petition was filed under the TSCA, it authorizes the EPA with the ability to prohibit the particular use of a chemical that pre presents an unreasonable risk to the general public or any subpopulations that are susceptible. The petition argues that the addition of artificial water fluoridation chemicals now absolutely constitutes an unreasonable risk to citizens. These risks have now been revealed by 196 new scientific studies that are included in the petition. Well, hallelujah. You know, that's great. And let's see what the EPA does. Because, you know what, they're worthless. The EPA is the ones that had this done. Okay, it's the federal government. Don't tell me they didn't know because I know they knew because they hired all the Nazi scientists that fluoridated the ghettos in Poland. Okay, they brought them over here. They gave them jobs and they started working for the U.S. government. So, yeah, they knew about it. They knew exactly what it was going to do. And that's exactly what they wanted it to do. Keep you docile. Look at these little snowflake faggots out there. What do you how do you think that happened? Well, let's see. Let's feed them fluoride, make them stupid and docile. Then let's feed them lots of soy to make their testicles shrivel up and turn them into little girls. Yeah, let's do all that. And then let's get the man out of the house and have mommy raise him with a welfare check from the government. Well, what could go wrong? Nothing for the government because that's what they want. They want a bunch of castrated pussies running around that won't stand up for anything because they can't understand anything. Welcome to Generation X. We got trouble, folks. And the trouble's not the trouble we see now, okay? All right? The trouble's not the trouble we see now. The real trouble, the real trouble is when you start looking at the generations that are coming after us. There's the real trouble. These are worthless Wastes of skin that can't do anything. And of course, it doesn't apply to 100% of them. Of course, there are outstanding young people out there. I understand that. But I'm sorry, you're, you're a tiny little minority. A tiny, minuscule minority of the rest of your generation that is supposedly going to be running this place. God help this world. Uh, anyway, 
Oh, here's something that I'm not going to do this because it's kind of lengthy. It's really well done, okay? It's really well done, but it asks, message to U.S. active military, are you truly a hero? And it's not really a, a bash, you know, fest article on the on the military. It, it is asking a question, and it's defining some things like courage, character, hero, honor, honorable. And it's defining these things, and it's asking, really, wait, wait a minute, are you really a hero? You know, look, man, just because you can go out and get yourself shot doesn't make you a hero. Just because you can go out and get yourself captured by the enemy doesn't mean you're a hero. That's part of your job. When you're a soldier, dying is part of your job. It's not supposed to be the main part of your job. The main part of your job is supposed to be killing the enemy. That's supposed to be the main part of your job. But one of those unintended consequences is sometimes you end up dead too. That's not a hero. That's part of your job. That's part of the gig. That's the deal. That's like saying, you know, uh, well... Just because a lifeguard jumps in the water and gets wet, he's a hero. Well, did he save anybody? Did he do anything outside his job? No. He just jumped in the water and got wet. He's a hero. He's wet. Oh, really? Okay, well, you know what? That's his job. His job is to go pull people out of the water when they're drowning. You're not a hero just for doing your job. Okay? I mean, that goes for everybody. It's like a waitress. Well, where's my gratuity? Well, you're not a very good waitress. You weren't very friendly. You weren't very fast. You got my orders all wrong. What makes you think you deserve a gratuity? Well, they just think it's entitled to them. That hey, I Well, that's part of the deal. I need a gratuity. No, a gratuity is when you do more than what your simple job is. And okay, you eventually got me my food. It was eventually fixed to make it my right order. And I don't need you to be particularly friendly to me, so fine, don't be. No gratuity, though, because you're just bringing me the food. Hey, guess what? That's what waitresses do. Now, if you're going to be friendly, you're going to make sure my glass doesn't get empty and you're going to do that. You're going to get my order right. You're going to do those things? Well, gee, see see how far down it's even gone? Even I have been affected. Because, see, I'm now saying that getting my order right deserves some sort of gratuity. No, it really doesn't, though. Getting my order right is what you're supposed to be doing. Anyway... Let's see here. The FBI is going to investigate the Berkeley mayor for inciting Milo riots. These people are insane. These liberal bastions. You know what? I say burn them to the ground, man. Firebomb them and burn them to the ground. Get rid of them, man. That's it. Berkeley off the map, man. I look at Berkeley the same way as I look at Tyron. Actually, you know what? I am more concerned about Berkeley than I am Tehran, Iran, because they're way over there, and what do I care? Berkeley isn't that far away, and, uh, you know, they might breed, and they're here. But anyway, the FBI has opened an investigation into Mayor Jesse Arugin, who ordered police to stand down during the Milo riots at UC Berkeley on Wednesday. 
Domestic terrorists started fires, used pepper spray, and brutally assaulted audience members who tried to attend a uh, Milo Yiannopoulos uh, event scheduled at UC Berkeley that evening. <laughs> By the way, CNN is in full propaganda damage control mode over this. Check out the CNN app notification pop-up. CNN interview, extremist Milo Yiannopoulos, whose Berkeley event sparked protest, takes on the college establishment rallies white supremacists. That's from CNN. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, you came here on a college campus and you wanted to, um, well, you were invited to come and share your thoughts and uh, exercise your First Amendment rights. And the little snowflakes who have now been weaponized, they're chemtrail snowflakes now, or radioactive snowflakes, and... uh you know, they decide to burn the place down, spray people with pepper spray. You know what? These punks, I, I honestly, I don't know what kind of people so-called conservatives are anymore. But I'm I'm waiting for the headline, uh, Snowflakes protest and uh, the people in the crowd decide to beat the living hell out of them and put them all in the hospital. Where's that headline? It's coming, folks. It's coming because everybody's not going to sit around forever and wait. So I hope this mayor who let this happen, who promoted this to happen, goes to prison. But then again, it is the FBI after all. And that scumbag James Comey is still in charge, so I don't expect much of anything to come out of the FBI worthwhile. Comey, I, I don't understand Trump's reasoning here. I really don't. But, you know, hasn't been 90 days yet, so let's just see. Here's something here in, uh, you remember San Bernardino, right? The police force there that couldn't manage to catch the, uh, you know, the bombers there, the Muslim terrorists that bombed the place. Yeah, well, you know, hey. Why should the sheriff's department be doing anything about that when they're busy, okay, when they're busy threatening to create create charges against somebody who's trying to file a report and they won't take it? Yeah. This guy, Duncan Hanks, he went to the San Bernardino Sheriff's Station last month to file a report but was met with obstinate bureaucracy and eventual threats. Hicks was attempting to file a report with the department. And you know what? It's not just the cops. It's the scumbag pieces of crap wenches that work at the cop station that worship law enforcement. And that's who works at the uh, sheriff's departments and the police departments. These so-called receptionists and secretaries. Oh, boy. They're just, uh, oh, we're like around stars. We're like, they're like celebrities to us. They're like Chris Matthews. They got stuff dripping down their legs anytime a cop comes near them. I'll tell you what. I'm telling you all again, folks. Any government building you walk into, you better start understanding. Every single person, man or woman, I don't care what their job is, every one of them in there is your enemy. I've been saying this for 20 years, 
And people didn't believe me then. People don't believe me now. But you will once you get a chance to meet your government nice and close. Every last one of them in that building is your enemy, including the nice little lady behind the desk. Yeah, she is your enemy. She is there to work against your best interests. That is an enemy. And not only an enemy, a traitor. Because, see, you're paying her salary. That's right. Your taxes are paying your, her salary. Your taxes, your fines, your surcharges, all that crap is paying their salaries. And they are working against your best interests. That makes them not only your enemy, it makes them a traitor. And yeah, every incident is not as obvious as this one. But go in there. You can't help but notice the attitude of, all right, here comes one of them. Here comes another one of them. One of them civilians. Yeah, here comes another one of them civilians. Oh, really? What happened to citizen? Now we're civilians. What happened to here comes a citizen? No, no, no. Now you're a civilian. Because, well, if I'm a civilian, what does that make you? Huh? What does that make you? See, that is occupation talk. When they refer to you as a citizen, now they're, you know, they're there to protect the uh, people, to do their job, to uphold their oath. When they start talking about civilians, now they're talking about, well, I'm an officer in law enforcement, and I'm here to tell you what to do, and you're a civilian, and I'm an officer, and you will take my orders. No, I won't take your orders. You are not the boss of me. But that's how they treat everybody now. They give you an order, and if you don't snap to it, boy, they start beating your ass. Well, those days are going to come to an end, too, there. I'm telling you. Because before too long, people are just going to, oh, here comes the blue lights. Well, let me get my gun ready. Okay, officer walks up to me. Bang! Hey, this stop is over. Well, you know, and then the cops will just start swarming people. You know, that's okay, too. Because if that starts happening, then, hey, look at that car over there. Look at those cops. Hey, maybe other guys will pull over and just start capping cops on the side of the street. This could get real ugly if you don't back the hell off. I don't know how many times I have to encourage law enforcement to back the hell off. I don't know. I, do they have a death wish? Do they not understand they're surrounded, outnumbered, outgunned? Do you not get that? Do you not realize the only reason you're breathing right now is because the people in general are law-abiding and peace-loving? That's the only reason you still are alive. Because if we were all like you, there wouldn't be any you. You better start getting a grip on that, man. Because, you know, you can keep pushing and keep pushing. And boy, if they take the fluoride out of the water, you're really going to have a problem. Yeah, because he's trying to uh, file a report. 
okay? So, and, and there's a video of this whole thing, and he was politely trying to explain to the deputy that his report was not stating, you know, the police report was not stating the problem. You know, it's like I'm giving you my report, uh, and you're giving me a number. Where's the report? This isn't, this isn't saying anything about what happened. This is not explaining the incident, sir, is what he said to the deputy. Okay, Duncan. You know what, man? I'm about getting tired of you, and about, and you're about to go to jail, just so you know. Oh. Hicks says, what am I going to jail for? I'll create something. You understand? You'll go to jail. You understand that? Huh. Wow. Okay. And Hicks doesn't lose it, and he stays nice about the whole thing. This is how it goes. You understand? Well, you'll create something. You understand? Okay. Hey, you understand? You're outnumbered. You're surrounded. You're outgunned. And you only live because we let you live? Do you understand that, officer? I hope so. Because you know what? I don't want this to go south like that. I really don't. I want you to straighten up and fly right. I want you to back the hell off. You understand that? I mean, really, folks, this is good advice. It's not a threat. I'm trying to save lives here. I'm trying to save law enforcement lives here. Because if they don't back the hell off, there's going to be piles of them in plastic bags. Because the people aren't going to take this forever. They've already taken a belly full of it, and people are getting tired of it. Hey, take it take it for what it's worth. Anyway, we're gonna take a break, we'll be back in a bit.
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And it is uh, still Friday, February 3rd, 2017, about 2.42 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. 855-355-1955. That is the call-in number. That's the new toll-free. It is toll-free, folks. 855-355-1955. Okay? Pretty easy to remember, actually. Hey! If I can remember it, anybody can remember it. Anywho. All right, so uh, let's look at this. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. I mean, it is a headline, but I don't know this website. uh, And I don't know that it, and I haven't had the chance to, uh, you know, vet this. So, you know, I'm giving you a disclaimer before I uh, put out any kind of stuff that, may or may not be true, because I I just don't know at this point, you know. Uh, But here it is. Trump just crippled George Soros and his organizations with a stroke of the pen. Well, you know I had to read, what's that? This is great. Okay, so what did he do? According to this article... And again, you know, I don't know if this uh, website is to be trusted or not. You know, they got a lot of they got a lot of ads on here, and it you know it all looks just great, but uh, who knows? You know, with all there, there's so many dirt bags out there, and and you know what? If this is a fake news site, this is a very well done one, which is probably meaning that it's one of those CIA fake web websites that they put out there to promote fake news, which they call propaganda, but, you know. Anyway, how did he do it? I, I mean, this seems to make sense to me, although I don't know if it can be done the way they say it's done, and I don't know if this is true. Like I said, I have to check it out. So take this with a grain of salt, but what this is saying is a document from the Federal Elections Commission indicates that Donald Trump took steps last week to outmaneuver nonprofit organizations, leaving them unable to officially campaign against him over the next few years of his presidency. Filed on January 20, 2017, the letter states that, while not an official announcement for re-election, Donald Trump has filed an FCC Form 2 in order to ensure compliance with the Federal Election Campaign Act. Well, it says this is unprecedented, although legal, move for the president to make. Barack Obama did not file his 2012 re-election bid until April 2011. But having filed, even if not formally announcing the bid as a candidate, Trump will be able to coordinate with PACs and other similar organizations. More importantly, 501c3 nonprofit organizations will no longer be able to engage in political speech, which could theoretically affect the results of the 2020 U.S. presidential election without running the risk of losing their nonprofit status. I think that is, if this is what he's done then it's spectacularly clever, okay? Because, honestly, folks, the 501c3, you know, that's the whole thing. 
and, and it's always been pushed against conservative 501c3s that, oh, no, you say one stinking word against Obama and we're going to come down on you. You know, and if we think you're too conservative, we're going to hold up your 501c3 tax exemption paperwork for five, six, seven years, maybe, before we deny you without cause. So, you know, Snowflake, stop crying. You brought this on yourselves. You want to play dirty? Hey, I think there's a guy in the White House who might know how to do that. Fine, let's play dirty. Hey, that's always my way. That's how I look at things. Look, I want to get along, live in peace, be happy, all that stuff, just like everybody else. But you know what? You want to screw with me, okay, then I'm going to screw back, and you're not going to like it. But you started it, so guess what? You know what? This has been Donald Trump's way of dealing with things, and it's not exclusive to Donald Trump. Look, I didn't know Donald Trump. I don't know Donald Trump. I didn't grow up around Donald Trump, but I did grow up in New Jersey. And you know what? Uh, most of my friends growing up were kind of like me. Oh, yeah, I might have been a little more radical than them, a little more over the edge than them, because just that's my nature. But when I was growing up, you start poking somebody in the chest. Don't start crying when they break your nose. Okay? I mean, honestly. Oh, well, that, you know, that, that, you didn't need to go that far. Oh, yeah, I did. You touched me. You don't touch me. You want to touch me, you know, you better be pretty. If you're not, I'm punching you in your head. Don't touch me. It was basically everybody felt that way. That was the way it was. You touch me, I'm putting you down on the ground, man. Or you're putting me on the ground, we're going, we're having a fight. These snowflakes think they can keep poking you in the chest and that you can't do anything about it, but we can. We can knock their stinking little snowflake heads right off their neck. And sadly, this is where this is all headed. Unless something changes. Because do, do, do you really think that the people that won... The conservatives in this country, the constitutional constructionists, the people who believe in America rather than a one world order. Do you really think those people that won this last election are going to take this forever? I don't think they are. They've been very tolerant so far. But, you know. Patience comes to an end somewhere along the line when somebody won't stop. And I can just hear the whining and crying and screaming and gnashing of teeth when somebody's head gets blown off their shoulders because you started poking the wrong guy in the chest. You know, these snowflakes really need to learn. Keep your hands to yourself. You start lighting things on fire and spraying people with pepper spray. Don't be surprised when they pull out a gun and kill you. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not, you know. Well, actually, you know, I am encouraging people to defend themselves. 
I would never, ever encourage somebody to, no, no, you know what, you, you just need to sit and take it and be a victim. No, no way, no how, never. I mean, hey, unless you're, you know, like a prisoner of war or something, then maybe you do have to just sit and take it and be a victim. But, I mean, you know, and, and, and you know, people go, yeah, well, yeah, I'm a victim. I mean, I have to go, I, I have a boss that wants me to do my job and yells at me when I don't. Yeah, that's where we live now. These people think they're victims. They're not victims. Okay, that's life. You know, you get a job, you do your job, or the boss yells at you. Better yet, you're fired. But you see, businesses, managers don't do that anymore because they're just as big a snowflakes as the people they hire. They've just been there longer, that's all. That's why when you go there, they're all in the team building and, oh, what did you do to my team member? You mean, nasty customer. You rotten, dirty, lousy, pay-all-my-bills scumbag. How could you talk to my, my teammate like that? Get out of this store and don't come back. We don't want you here. This is our safe space. That's how businesses are run today. It's disgusting. I'm insulted. I'm offended. But gee... Does that mean I get to go down to Medford, Oregon and start burning the place down because I'm offended? No, it doesn't. But the snowflakes think that's what they get to do. Well, I'm offended, so, hey, I know. Let's spray everybody with pepper spray and start lighting the place on fire. And the dirtbag mayor sits there and goes, okay, cops, uh, don't do anything about this. Just let it go, let it go, let it go. Why? Why? To make it as bad as it could be. And then try to blame that Milo guy, which I'm not a fan of him, but it's certainly not his fault that these people lose their minds. But that's who they're trying to blame it on, him and, and of course, Donald Trump. Anyway, this move effectively bars interest groups from creating nonprofits which they could funnel money into for the purposes of opposing Trump's initiatives. This will create chaos for political opponents of Trump, such as George Soros, who have sunk significant amounts of money into various nonprofit groups with the intent of opposing Trump's government. How 501c3 organizations will comply with the FEC's regulations will, uh, when participating in actions which qualify as political speech remains to be seen. And this move is consistent with Trump's campaign promises to reduce the financial influence of private special interest groups in Washington. Oh, man. I sure hope this, this story is true. I really do. I don't know that it is or not. Uh, but if it is, that's great. Now, here's something. <laughs> Good. This is a story from Oregon. But don't worry, it's not from my area in Oregon, because I don't think people down this way are that stupid. Although I could be wrong, maybe they are, but, uh, you know, Springfield, they definitely are. That's uh, that's the liberal uh, stronghold, uh, Springfield, Eugene, uh, oh, Salem, Portland, you know, they're all Corvallis. These are, these are the communist strongholds here in Oregon, where all the little snowflakes congregate. Yeah. 
Get this. Police in Oregon said a man who arranged a rendezvous on a dating application, Tinder, was left naked without his wallet and cell phone in a motel room. Hmm. Springfield Police Sergeant Rich Carbonell said the man, a Mapleton resident, exchanged messages with a female Tinder user from for months before they arranged to meet at the Village Inn in Springfield early Tuesday. The man said the woman who used the name Lacey on a dating app suggested he leave the door to his room unlocked while he showered so she could come in and join him. Now, wait a minute. This is a... What is this? This is a dating app? Boy, you know... I wish I'd have known this is what a date consists of when I was in high school, man. I'd have had a lot more... This would have been a lot more fun dating, I tell you. So, a date now is meet me in a hotel room? Really? Wow, things have changed. <laughs> I tell you, you know, wow. Anyway... Uh, Carbono said the man instead found that when he got out of the shower, his clothes, wallet, and iPhone 7 had been taken. And, of course, the wallet contained his debit card. And uh, he's never seen her. He doesn't know who this is. We don't know either. Uh, we have some leads we're following up, but obviously we're telling people that if you're going to meet people via the app, then I'd recommend meeting them in a pl- someplace in public during the daylight hours. Well, listen, man. Okay, look, meeting a woman you don't know in a hotel room is not a date, for one. And for two, guys have been getting rolled for their wallet by whores for a long time. So, you know, this isn't an internet thing. This is a stupid thing, all right? Man. (laughs) And yay, here's some more good news. Remember that? Gosh, you know, the things I want to say, I can't even say on the air about this woman. Carrie O'Grady, special agent in charge of the Secret Service's Denver District. Yeah, guess what? Ha, ha, ha. She's been suspended. And now she's being investigated. Yeah, she's the one that said, I'm not taking a bullet for him. Damn the Hatch Act. I'll say what I want. Blah, 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 blah. Well, the only bad thing about this story is she's suspended with pay. She should have been suspended without pay, fired, and probably arrested. But, hey, because she did violate the Hatch Act. Okay, that's a crime. Saying, well, I don't want to take a bullet for Donald Trump isn't a crime. It kind of goes against what your job description is in the Secret Service, and you should be fired immediately. Well, if you're not, you know, if you don't get the job, then, then get out. You know, you go get a different job. But it's not crime. Of course, violating the Hatch Act is. So she should be in prison. And at least she's suspended. Good. Let all the other snowflakes say, hey, hey, and let all the, let the 900 State Department employees hear that too. They should all be fired too. Oh, you don't like this? You don't like that? You want to keep the borders open? You want to let refugees in? Good. You know what? You're fired. Why don't we send you back? Why don't we send you to Syria? It's either you or them, okay? Why don't we give them that choice? Fine. You know what? Hey, tell you what. We'll take in 900 refugees as long as you 900 State Department officials 
get the hell out of here, and uh, maybe, yeah, we'll dump you off in Iraq. How about that? Quid pro quo, hey, you know, you want them here so bad, then you should be willing to take their place. America's fixation on overcriminalization cost the United States $152 billion each year. That's right. And overcriminalization, you know what that is, folks. Everything's a crime. Everything, you know, everything for us, we get fined or arrested or a fee or whatever on, right? Well, it, it's not a moneymaker. It costs $152 billion. Can you imagine all the people having to go to court, all the people having to go to trial, all the people getting locked up? How much productivity is lost just through that? It's amazing. But hey, law and order, law and order. Got to have law and order. But law and order is good. You know, you, know, you can't sit there and, and talk to me about law and order while you got a mayor of a, uh, of a city here in the United States telling the police to stand down while snowflake protesters try to burn the whole neighborhood down. You can't talk to me about law and order. Don't even try. If that mayor is not imprisoned, then you know what? Game's on. Apparently there is no law. Man, that's fine with me. Anyway, I gotta go. That's it for this week. We got good stuff coming up, though. So stay tuned. Got good stuff all weekend. Don't forget, uh, Govern America, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. on AVRN2. And, uh, I'll see you Monday, as always. Thanks for listening. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVR Salt at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800 581 8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Everybody, you're listening to American Voice Radio. This is Freedom Call. I'm your host. My name is Bo Reitz. There's a communications channel that Al Gore has opened uh, for us through his Internet. My email address is... Bogreitz, B-O-G-R-I-T-Z, at M-S-N, stands for Microsoft Network, dot com. Bogreitz, B-O-G-R-I-T-Z, at M-S-N, dot com. Now, I have to clear out my box about uh, twice, two times, three times, sometimes a day. And so if you send email, uh, I get it. I'll read it. If it's information, then you're likely to hear about it over this program. If it is a specific question, like I had questions last night about D.B. Cooper, a guy who a long time ago uh, had uh, a amount of money, over a million dollars, weighed 50 pounds, delivered to him on an airliner, he bailed out of the airliner over the Northwest, and people have been debating ever since because there has been some money found in a very remote 
rough area of the Northwest, wanting to know uh, could Cooper have survived a free fall parachute jump from a jet airplane that might have been going 200 miles an hour uh, from an altitude of about 7,000 feet. And so I, I answer these questions with uh, my experience, and I give you the probabilities. Now, I can't take care of all problems. People uh, write me, people call about everything uh, from uh, the IRS to uh, angry landlords. you got to understand that uh, a lot of people who get into trouble like uh, one uh, call that I had recently was a man uh, was in trouble and been arrested for having a firearm. Well, if you are a felon and you've not had your rights restored, then it is against the law for you to be in possession of a firearm, which means you... Uh, it's against the law. You're breaking the law if you purchase a firearm, either from an individual or from a gun store. If they try a background check, they're going to find out uh, that you're trying to purchase a firearm, and uh, they will uh, try to stop you from receiving the firearm that way. If you are uh, stopped and during uh, the process of a legal stop, uh, you are found uh, to be in possession of, I mean, you can be your friends, uh, but if you are in possession of it, if it's in your car, in your home, on your person, then uh, that is an offense for which you can be charged. Now, it's pretty interesting that uh, there have been some successful uh, defenses that have to do uh, with uh, federal agencies like the BATF and their jurisdiction. And it has to do, the denominator seems to be, interstate commerce. Now, if you are arrested by the BATF and you have somehow, in any way, shape, or form, uh, because of the reason that you were arrested, that you had uh, used interstate commerce, the U.S. mails, you had bought uh, pieces to a weapon, let's say, uh, from another state, and they had mailed this to you, that is known as interstate commerce. Then BATF, a federal agency that has uh, the duties of firearm enforcement law, they can uh, legally, uh, with proper warrants, of course, but they can search and they can seize and they can arrest you and charge you in federal court. Now, if there has not been any engagement in interstate commerce, then it's going to be a debate in the court, which uh, the accused will probably lose at the first level. And what I mean by that is there's uh, plenty of case law 
where uh, people who have, let's say, made machine guns have done so uh, using kits or pieces of uh, weaponry, modifiers, things that uh, they can uh, buy and have sent uh, through the mail, that if they put it on a weapon made for semi-automatic, it will allow the weapon to be fired automatically. These kinds of things are in the uh, within the jurisdiction of BATF. But if there was no interstate commerce, while the first level of federal court has shown that uh, attorney uh, objections to allowing the BATF evidence based uh, on their seizure and their search over the objection of the accused because there was no interstate commerce, ergo no jurisdiction, the court in many cases allow the BATF uh, items that have been seized in as uh, proof that you have committed a crime and the jury can use that in their determination of whether you're innocent or guilty. Oftentimes, uh, the jury has uh, concluded that the accused is guilty, and the judge uh, will make uh, sentencing. Now, uh, there are cases now where uh, the accused, having been put in prison uh, by charges, based on evidence secured during searches by the BATF, when it can be shown that there was no interstate commerce involved, and that for that reason the BATF does not have jurisdiction. And the courts of appeal have uh, ruled as that being correct, making... Uh, the release of the accused, usually mandatory, unless the accused has done something else for which they are in prison. All right, just uh, giving you an example. And so what I'll do is I can advise you on uh, what I would recommend that you do. I uh, will not, cannot. Uh, race off to uh, try and investigate something that doesn't seem to have uh, the immediacy of life, like uh, little children are in peril uh, of their lives, or uh, something of an emergency nature. Now, I certainly have gotten involved uh, when... Uh, law enforcement, like the FBI, for example, uh, called me concerning uh, the Weaver situation. And uh, I saw there was death there. William Deegan had been shot and killed by somebody. He was somebody. He was the most decorated U.S. Marshal in 107 years of history at that time. Somebody killed him. Somebody was responsible. And we knew that there was a little boy who had been shot in the back and was dead. 
Now, we did not know about Vicki Weaver being shot by Lon Horiuchi as she stood in the door holding nothing more deadly than a nine, uh, a ten-month-old baby daughter, Elisheba. And we found out that uh, Randy Weaver had been shot in the back without warning. Kevin Harris had been shot in the chest, would have died within the next 24 hours had uh, he not been rescued. And so these are uh, things that are of immediate requirements. When the Indianapolis Baptist Temple was about to be seized by U.S. Marshals for the IRS. As I was in Tucson uh, giving care to my mother who had Alzheimer, the FBI called, the agent uh, identified himself and said, uh, Bo, my question is, uh, we in the FBI want to know if you are going to Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, concerning the Baptist temple being seized. And I said, yes, I have. But you see, it wasn't being seized right then. I knew that there was going to be a lead-up to this. And there were a lot of people who were already aware who were uh, in a demonstration mode. And when he said, why would you want to get involved in something that may put you at odds against uh, you know, federal law enforcement, like the U.S. Marshals. And I said, because it is the First Amendment. It may be one of the most important things that Americans could do right now in their life would be to prevent the IRS from seizing a legitimate church who has committed no crime other than the fact that the IRS says that they aren't collecting taxes for them. And I said, that is solidly against the First Amendment. And yes, I will uh, be there. And I was. And so those are things that are emergencies and things that I will uh, respond to. Now, it might be of some interest that uh, at Indianapolis, at another time, there was a woman in Illinois, at Roby, Illinois, who had been surrounded by law enforcement officers, and uh, it was totally outrageous. This woman's rights uh, had been stripped away from her, from angry family members who wanted to commit her uh, to a mental hospital. Uh, she was a registered nurse. Uh, she had uh, gone uh, to these uh, this facility to be tested. They tried to uh, give her uh, sedatives and tried to hold her against her will. Uh, this woman uh, went home. She was surrounded, and uh, they wouldn't allow any food. They cut off uh, in a very cold period of time uh, her electricity. She was alone. Without food, they shut off her water. 
This was an emergency. And I had decided, because I kept thinking that surely uh, the uh, Illinois State Police would come to their senses, surely there would be in the great state of Illinois a sufficient legal defense that would uh, look after her rights, but there wasn't. So when I got to uh, Indianapolis, the Illinois State Militia. Now, this is the unorganized militia, uh, which is all part of Title X United States Code. It's the reason that you can get a rifle, a military surplus rifle, ammunition, spare parts, training from the government. It's all part of uh, the Title X U.S. Code, which is uh, the militia, the organized, which is the National Guard, and the unorganized militia. And when these men came to me saying, Bo, we are the Illinois State Militia, and we understand that you have decided to intervene at Roby, Illinois, in the siege of this woman's home. I said, that is correct. Tomorrow I'm going there. And they said, we are here to ask you, please do not intervene. We have chosen another person. They had chosen Jack McClam, who is a good friend of mine, a retired uh, police officer from Phoenix, to represent them, the Illinois unorganized militia, in breaking the siege of law enforcement around this woman at Roby, Illinois. And so when they said that, I said, thank you. I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to do as you request. You say you are taking action. I think you're legal and lawfully uh, doing what is right. And Jack McClam is a wonderful guy, and you got him, and it's yours. And I returned uh, to my home in the West. Well, uh, later, uh, the FBI told me, said, we were so glad when you withdrew because, Bo, we knew that we were going to have trouble with you. You weren't going to take no for an answer concerning the uh, constitutionality of the police surrounding her and cutting her off from water and from heat and uh, from basically making her life a living hell having her surrounded. They had tear-gassed her. There were many things that happened to that woman that uh, the unorganized militia should have stood up, and they should have done so at Springfield, the capital. They should have demanded that the governor intervene. They should have gotten lawyers like I got Jerry Spence to uh, represent Randy Weaver after he surrendered. But I don't personally enjoy getting involved in these things 
which uh, are very difficult and put you at loggerheads. I mean, for an example, when the Montana Freeman siege broke, after it had gone on for 30 days, I called the special agent in charge of Montana, a person that I knew, and I said, you're having trouble with this uh, siege with the Freeman. And I said, I don't want to see this thing end like Ruby Ridge and Waco. I said, so if you need my help, because I understand these people, I can speak to them one-to-one where uh, you guys are hiding behind bulletproof vests, helmets, the uh, HRT, the hostage response team, uh, was in charge up there. And he said, no, Bo, uh, we're handling it. We're doing well. Everything is uh, within our timing so far. We're pleased with the way things are going. Please don't uh, interfere. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to call you back if you haven't gotten this thing done in the next 30 days. Well, I called back. And he said, Bo, um, uh, things aren't going well, but uh, we don't want any outside interference. Uh, We have a plan. And uh, I knew the plan because I had a report of armed helicopters, armored vehicles, The HRT was reinforcing. So I knew what their plan was. They were going to give them a time. The FBI, it was rapidly, it already, I think, had reached the longest siege in FBI history. So I finally, when I saw that nothing was going to happen, positively, now it meant that nothing, I wanted to prevent the negative. I wanted to prevent dying, bleeding, shooting, raiding. They had children. They had women up there in the Freeman compound in Jordan. Actually, it was a farm some miles from Jordan, Montana, which is next to nothing. There's buffalo weeds and a lot of wind, and it's cold even in in April and May. So as I I took off, I told the the FBI uh coordinator there. I said, we've waited long enough. I'm en route. So when I got to Billings, Montana, the FBI contacted me and said, Bo, would you please talk to this agent uh, from the FBI HRT headquarters uh, at Quantico? And I said, sure. His name was Jim. He and I became friends as it went on. But Jim uh, was a guy about my size. He was younger than me. He was a tough, old uh, New York policeman. And uh, he told me, he said, Bo, the FBI has decided it's no go for Bo. Now, if you're going to go, you're going to have to go over me. And we had a space, and this is not fun. It's not fun for anybody except an absolute masochist, but it is mental judo. We had the same thing at Ruby Ridge, where the uh, person who was in charge of Western states, Gene Glenn, as I uh, was yanked between uh, the Ruby Ridge uh, parade of Uh, federal officers with MP5 machine guns, 
Uh, it was Gene Glenn who said, Bo, we are arresting you. And uh, here's the FBI, the U.S. attorney, the marshal. It is a rather pregnant moment. You're not just a little bit pregnant. Something's going to happen. And so in the case of Ruby Ridge, uh, it happened like I wanted it to happen. It has that way any number of times. Spinellis Park, it didn't happen the way I wanted. I ended up arrested and stripped naked uh, in solitary confinement at Pinellas Park trying to save that girl from starvation and uh, dehydration. And I failed to do so. But in this case with Jim, a mental judo, I was able to throw him. He said, if you land at Jordan, Montana, you will be arrested. He promised me that, even though he knew I had him beat at that time. I landed the aircraft there at Jordan, and uh, nobody arrested me. As a matter of fact, uh, the FBI came over to pick me up and said, listen, we've got an undercover agent that's been a penetration agent that is uh, being debriefed right now. We don't want you uh, messing anything up. So uh, we'll see you in the headquarters uh, as soon as we finish with that debriefing. And it all turned out fine with Montana Freeman. In the case of the Roby, Illinois, uh, the FBI, Jim was sent there. He said he was gl glad that it was Jack McClam because he said Jack is a much uh, happier, calmer, sweeter, nicer. We knew all we had to do was show Jack around the Capitol building in Springfield and to kind of uh, usher him around and be nice to him, and we knew that he would go out and, and support us. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Now, uh, and in my uh, case, I was happy. I wasn't happy for the woman the subject in this case, I mean, her rights were extremely violated. She ended up winning that whole thing, but it had nothing to do uh, with the uh, Illinois militia, I can tell you that, because basically she was abandoned to herself, and the police uh, took her by siege. And it was cruel, and the way it was done and uh, it shouldn't happen to any American, not inside this country, maybe in Egypt. But uh, there, uh, what I'm trying to do is give you uh, some ideas that when there are things uh, that uh, look like a great peril, I'm going to try and help if I can. If you're having trouble, like say with the IRS, administrative things, local uh, law enforcement, if the sheriff doesn't like you. These are a lot of things that you can handle yourself if you get a proper attorney. And I know uh, it seems like the police pick on the people who are least capable of defending themselves. And that's when is this, I don't want it to get deadly. And so I've been able to intervene. That's what my book, My Brother's Keeper, is all about. I'll, if I get a chance during the break, which will be coming up here in just a minute, I'll um, 
give you out a number where you can get My Brother's Keeper. You can read about these stories. There are so many of them with the IRS from the U.S. Marshals, FBI, all of these agencies. And you can see how and what to do and what not to do. Because these were all uh, perilous situations where American citizens thought they were right. Law enforcement carrying guns and wearing badges thought otherwise and were willing to use deadly force in order to bring an end. I thought differently. All right, so stay where you are. I'll look up the number where we can get to my brother's keeper, and I'll be back with you here in just a couple of minutes. American Voice Radio.
H2O, Maximum Health, Dr. Robert D. Willis, Jr., M.D. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Radio. It's very important that uh, you tune in to uh, AVR, American Voice Radio, and that you can just leave it, uh, leave it, put it on your car, um, however you're picking it up. That uh, you can go and look at the American Voice uh, on your internet, and you see all of the different ways that you are able. Uh, to listen to uh, American Voice Radio and people, I don't know a lot about a, a lot of these things. Um, they have podcasts and one thing and the other. Uh, it totally goes over my head. It's a generation gap that I just uh, haven't made. And uh, so, but you may know. And so, there's all kinds of ways that Frank Stephan has. Uh, prepared. There's two satellite uh, feeds now, besides um, internet, and uh, there's a, a bridge, a telephone bridge that's very interesting. All of this information is there for you. If you don't have internet, you can go to the library and 
people uh, find a young person. They probably got the uh, internet for crying out loud on their uh, iPhone or blueberry, blackberry, whatever, dingleberry, whatever it is they're carrying around. They all got one now. And uh, they kind of look at uh, me suspiciously when I am not uh, walking around uh, focused on uh, punching in and using, you know, I, gosh, I don't know what people with arthritis do. Uh, they can't uh, move their thumb. The human beings are going uh, to uh, mutate, I believe, if we keep this up, to where uh, we're going uh, to have a modification to our thumbs so that we can text uh, anyway. However it takes you to get AVR, American Voice Radio, do so, because it's the place where you are kept informed and told how uh, to keep yourself uh, protected. We've had killer storms. Now, the the blizzards that just hit, it, it's gone out to sea on the East Coast. There's going to be icing now in Texas and Louisiana, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, a little bit uh, uh, overnight. But the big storms, uh, it doesn't mean that everything is over and we're out of the woods yet. Al Gore, as a matter of fact, geez, you know, Tipper trying to divorce him, couldn't find him. Uh, everybody was trying to ask him about uh, if this was all part of uh, of his of his you know environmental uh, program. If if everything was if if we were getting uh, hot, it seemed like we were getting awful cold, and uh, it seemed like uh, there was a lot more water than we thought. Anyway, he says, uh, don't believe it. He said these, uh, all these storms are exactly in lockstep uh, with his uh, global warming. And then he uh, disappeared again before uh, Tipper could serve him. So he is out there. And um, he says uh, global warming is still the whole idea. Anyway, he has uh, he has spoken here uh, more recently than Osama bin Laden. But anymore, it seems like uh, Osama and Al Gore, maybe they're actually uh, staying close with each other, and they're using the, the same uh, fancy uh, devices for sending information. Let me give you news that you need to be brought up to speed with uh, before we uh, do any more uh, uh, personal uh, talking. Obama, that is uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Boy, it sounds like it uh, should be over in Egypt or somewhere. He has strong language uh, for Mubarak, the 30-year dictator. Well, they don't call him a dictator, but it was against the law for anybody to be on the presidential uh, ballot except him. So he uh, was been constantly reelected for 30 years. Uh, now he says he uh, has on his own decided not to run uh, as president this coming September, which about eight months from now, as I count it. Uh, and uh, he will, however, stay on to make sure that there is a smooth transition of power, which means nobody gets in that he doesn't want to get in because he's going to hang around using all of the army and the police and the intelligence and the 
secret uh, uh, prisons and the and all of the system. You can imagine a four thousand year old civilization has, which are probably you've seen all these mummy shows and stuff like that. Anyway, things are getting worse uh, in uh, Cairo. And Jordan is making the news. I've already told you, uh, King Abdullah and uh, Jordan, he, uh, uh, his dad was King Hussein. And he was a very good man. As a matter of fact, his dad, uh, King Hussein, was shot by Muslim radicals in standing in the door of the Dome of the Rock which is the third most uh, holy place uh, in Islam. Um, and uh, the reason is because Jordan and this King Hussein was making a deal uh, for peace with Israel. Well, then uh, King Hussein, the son, he had a peace deal. And only Egypt and Jordan have these peace deals with uh, Israel. And so that's why Jordan and Egypt are so important uh, to the United States, because they have agreed, and they have met, and they have uh, said, yes, we are going to have a peace accord, and they've signed documents. The rest of Islam basically says that Israel has no right to exist, and they a little bit unlike Iran and Hezbollah, who uh, controls Lebanon for Iran, they have not said they are going to work toward the absolute destruction of Israel, but they, others, all of these other Islamic countries have basically said no. The Palestinians occupied uh, this area for thousands of years. Uh, who, what tribes of Israel are you? Who are you to say that this was your land given by God and that you had come in and that King David uh, was your first, or King Saul was your first king, King David, King Solomon, uh, that all of these succession, that this is, and then in, in A.D. 70, the Romans destroy your temple and scatter your last tribe, the tribe of Judah. Before that, during Solomon's period, actually it was just, it was Solomon had died and his son, Nehoboam, had taken over. God scattered the northern ten tribes. They didn't exist. And so uh, the Romans scattered and destroyed the final tribe of Judah so uh, the Palestinians and the other Islamic nations are saying, who are you? Well, you have uh, uh, Sephardic Jews. You have Ashkenazi Jews. Now, Ashkenazi is the largest uh, plural population of Jews. And uh, primarily, uh, the Ashkenazi are in America. But Ashkenazi means German. It's the German Jews. And you have Sephardic. 
Now, this comprises most of the Jewish population. Sephardic means Spanish Jews, and they are in a uh, small minority compared to the Ashkenazi. Now, there are also is a, uh, and the Sephardic and Ashkenazi are recognized each other as Jews. Now, the Khazarians, the king of uh, the Khazars, wanted to stay out of the way of the Christians and the Muslims during the Crusades. And so the king, who uh, the kingdom was in the Caucasus Mountain areas, the king just uh, said to everybody in Khazaria, all the Khazars are Jews. This way, the Christians didn't have anything against them, and the Muslims didn't have anything against them, and so it uh, made it easier for them to maintain a livable lifestyle. Well, those Khazari, those Khazars, uh, have uh, have spread greatly, and so you have a third type. But there's no tribe. The Khazars never claim to be like from the tribe of Judah or Naphtali or any of the others. Levi, they were just Khazarian Jews. So the Palestinians and the other supporters of Islam are saying, who are you? What right do you have? Are you of any of these tribes? And the fact is that uh, those Jews who occupy Israel and secured that name as a nation. Now, they were going to call that area Zion, but the United Nations said, nope, and I guess it had a little something to do with God and uh, his restructuring of Israel. God has certainly used people in interesting ways. Uh, he, uh, during the time of the tribes of Israel that came out uh, from Pharaoh, led by Moses, that uh, those tribes of Israel would be punished uh, by the uh, tribes of the seed of Satan because when uh, the Israelis were acting, uh, you know, like worse than prostitutes. And so uh, it is a interesting political time that we are seeing come to a head over in the Middle East. And King Abdullah of Jordan has immediately, as soon as he saw this happening in Tunisia and uh, in Lebanon and a little bit uh, problem, you know, in Syria. As soon as he saw these countries, uh, Iran, the CIA, buying up uh, demonstrations and uh, whipping the population, then uh, he could see for 70, let's see, nope, since 1970, Jordan has had 70 different prime ministers which means administrations. So you uh, do the math for yourself. Wow. Uh, they have had more than a new prime minister every year. Since 1970, there have been 70 prime ministers. Now, the prime ministers aren't voted on in Jordan. 
The king appoints them. And so the king uh, fired his uh, prime minister instantly last week when all this started. And uh, he told all the people, I'm going to put in a, uh, a younger thinking, a progressive prime minister, and his, all, of, all of the ministries will be filled with the people that you will approve of. And so the people of Jordan don't want to bring down the king. They just wanted to bring down the prime minister, and the king fired the prime minister before they could really do anything in Jordan. Now, in Egypt, it was quite a different affair. Mubarak uh, did fire the prime minister, but uh, Mubarak is not going to step down. He is supposed to be an electable officer who's been in office for 30 years. He is uh, 82 years old now, and it is way past time for him to go. They have secret police. They torture people. Egypt is thousands of years old, if we can even imagine that. And so uh, it now what they're doing is, and this is a, a kind of an old trick. <laughs> Excuse me. And let me give you an example. In Thailand, for example, when the students, because this is who the CIA can buy up easy. They are people who, whose minds are fertile and young, who are not adverse to change. Old people kind of like to keep things the way they are. And so uh, the CIA buys up uh, these students or these uh, groups, uh, workers' groups, uh, things like that. They buy them up. They buy a riot, just like I told you yesterday. Colonel Arthur D. Simons bought a riot, got uh, in in uh, Tehran, Iran, and got uh, Ross Perot's EDS workers out of prison, drove them in a car uh, to Turkey. And, of course, uh, you can buy a riot. That's one of the easiest things to buy in the Middle East. CIA's got a lot of money, so they buy, they've bought a lot of riots now. They tried to disrupt uh, Iran, and now they're doing a good job. Well, in Thailand, what happens, the police, uh, they have a king in Thailand, but they have a prime minister, and uh, the Thais love the king. Well, the government... They will hire what is known as the Red Bull. The Red Bull in Thailand is like the Teamsters are in America. They are the union that has everything to do from the time the farmer has cut the rice. Then the Red Bull takes over into all of the shipping and the distribution and, you know, rice is big deal there. And so the government hires the Red Bull Union. The Red Bull Union goes out, beats the crap out of, or shoots down the demonstrating uh, students or whoever is opposing the government. And the police and the government say, the king never says anything, but the government says, you see, what can we do? The people are angry about these 
uh, communist demonstrators, these evildoers, and so the people attack them. How can the government attack the people that are protecting our system? So now what's happened is the Mubarak, the pro-Mubarak people, uh, you can buy up, uh, see, a gang uh, to counter a demonstration just as easy as you can buy up one to start uh, the demonstration. And so the pro-government people now are responding against the, uh, let's just call them the uh, progressive demonstrators. And they are seizing and controlling the journalists. And, oh, boy, uh, our Secretary of State, Clinton, said that is uh, unimaginable. That is extreme. Obama has come out strongly now for Mubarak to step down. So we are basically telling Egypt uh, what to do in this case. And uh, the fact is that the government is thousands of years, they do not allow public press, the foreign press, to just come in there and do anything that they will do, especially uh, since the press wants to be on the liberal side in most cases. And so uh, things are much worse today, and tomorrow is a very important Islamic day. And so after noon prayers uh, tomorrow, Cairo time, uh, there is um, some major confrontations are going to take place. I think in the end, uh, there could be considerable violence. Excuse me, I told you, I believe that this thing is inspired uh, by the CIA to regionally challenge uh, Islam, uh, with all of the upheaval they can uh, demand, basically, uh, that there be security in the region for all reasons. I think it's part, it's a chapter in the manipulation of this new world order, and it's major. And you're going to see, I think, more bloodshed. You're going to see more problems uh, in Egypt. I think Mubarak is going to have to step down, but it doesn't mean that uh, the the wounds are healed. And so uh, the result is that airfares... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.